I was like, boy, these sound like death metal lyrics. <laughs> and boy, was I right. <laughs> and boy, are they. Uh, and that's fine. Right. I don't care about them, but that's totally fine. Nothing against it. I what I do, what I can say that I like about it is I feel like it is it's very like what you see is what you get and I don't feel yeah, like Yeah, exactly. You know, like there even no on that live record, like Frank is like <laughs> This song's about killing people cuz that's what I like to do. <laughs> it's called Thrones of Blood. <laughs> <laughs> And Holy shit. And Frank, buddy. So, <laughs> and, and I guess like what I like about it is that it feels like it's very, yeah, it's very like what you see is what you get. And there's not, there's not other weird shit laced into it. <laughs> like they didn't do anything bad instead. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, like what I mean is, so like a few episodes ago, or I don't, I don't know what episode. Episode 33, recorded July 17th, 2022. Uh, all right. So um, today is a, is a day. A momentous occasion. Um, It's not. I don't know yeah, where you're going with that. It's just a normal day. Yeah, it's just a regular ass day. But, uh, so, go ahead. I was, apparently, I was celebrating something. I don't know what. Though. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll figure it out. But yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do the thing we always do and riff on something, which is usually relates to Pantera in some way, whether one or two or not. <laughs> it um, all comes back. It to, all comes back to Pantera. I did find a. Uh, and then we're gonna talk about suffocation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Also, he's Richard and I'm Robert. He, we, oh, dude, this yeah. is this thing that we could do every I, single time. And I <laughs> absolutely do not. Man, do as I'm going back and I'm editing these and I'm looking at these and I'm looking at these descriptions of like I, I, he, I, I, he, we, <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm like, man, does yeah. this does this say who the guest is? It doesn't. I was with Robert Ruby. <laughs> I'm trying to, and then I like go and look at how how the descriptions look on like a podcast app and I'm like, this looks stupid. And I'm, you know, it's just, it's all, it's there, all learning. There have been times when I'm like, I need to ask him if I can go fix this. Cause I recognize it and I can, I can go do it myself a lot, you know? And then I just forget. Did, take a screenshot sent to me. Yeah. Whenever you see that, take yeah. a screenshot sent to me. It's like, you cool with this? And my answer will be like, for now. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the good thing is we can like, you can go back and edit this stuff. True, 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 um, true, true, true. Because the worry with YouTube videos is always like, if you need to take it down and edit the video itself, then you lose whatever like stats you had on it. Right. But I think descriptions and and meta information is you fine. can change that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's whatever. why I. I mean, that is, that is. I mean, I know their content ID system is, you know, bullshit and and shitty and all that sort of stuff. But I'm glad that it at least scans scans it and tells you that stuff before you put it live right so that you know so that i can you know okay well i don't want to deal with that so let me see what i can do you right know, to, to tweak it but i was real surprised though because i i had uploaded um not publicly but just to share with other people in the big band that i'm in like just a live performance of us and like it's just it's just like one of these cameras and a zoom h2 and and i had like 10 flags 
from yeah. you? Or 10, 10 like copyright flags or whatever. But from yourself. From like the band playing, you know, the big band. Like, because it would be like, oh, this is my way by Sinatra. Oh, this is don't mean a thing. Oh, right. this is this and this is that because it could pick up on the melody and shit. I, I, okay, I see. And I was like, fuck. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking mess. The, the time any video I've ever put on YouTube has been like not containing music mm-hmm. typically. Uh, and then the one time I tried to, I tried to upload an entire performance. So during COVID, some bands would do things like they would do virtual concerts. Right. And I just like bought access to one mm-hmm. and then ended up recording it. Mm-hmm. Cause I wanted to watch it back later. They didn't offer it for sale. Uh, and I was like, I'll try to put this, on YouTube so I can like share it with my sister or whatever. Right. Because she likes this band too. And I uploaded the entire thing to YouTube and I was going to leave it private. And it was like, nah, nah, dude. <laughs> Wouldn't even let you do that. And it was like wildly different sounding. Wow. It was really, yeah, it was something. <clears throat> so. Do do other, do other streaming platforms have that intense of a content ID? Do you know? Um, Twitch does. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a bit of a different thing. Uh, or, or, like you interact with it differently than you do on YouTube. Sure. Cause then if you get flagged after the fact, then the audio of your, uh, live stream just gets cut out like a huge All chunk of it. Of it. Yeah. They do it like by, by large chunks. Right. Um, but then there's stuff like Vimeo, mm-hmm. which has none of that. You mm. can put whatever the fuck you want on Vimeo. Oh. So, uh, it's kind of the wild west still over there to a certain extent. This uh, there's this drummer. I'm, I subscribe to his Patreon, and he uploads everything to Vimeo. So I think it's partially. Well, I I don't know his reasons, but I wonder if that was a factor in it because sometimes Probably. he'll he'll do sort of like commentaries, you know, or like he'll, like he'll you know want to break down. Charlie Parker solos or and he'll play the song as he's right yeah absolutely because you see that all the time on YouTube where people will not Mm -hmm. play they'll play like five seconds of a clip right so that it doesn't get up to the requisite length for content ID to be able to check it oh is that what it is right that you have to stay under a certain length well there's that or uh you just don't play it at all or you like talk over it or something like that right but I think even then it's like kind of dicey yeah you might still get cracked for it yeah, there were there, there's been a few times in uploads, only twice really in uploads that it's flagged so far for the podcast where I needed to tweak it, you know. Yeah. And it's it's just whenever we're in like that third hour and I'm like, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so now we'll see if it makes a difference, you know, now that I've like tried to hold the phone over here away from the microphones so that we can hear it, but it's not picked up. We'll see if it makes a difference. Yeah, I guess yeah, I can't really remember, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the point of the show where it's always like, well, I think we might get flagged. Fuck it. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Well, and like, it's not that big a deal now that it's like, all right, at these, because if it just said, yes, yeah, flagged. Yeah. Oh, man. But if since it's like, oh, at this, okay, fine. I'll go in there and I'll like pitch it down or I'll do something, you know, right or whatever. Put in some stock music over it. Right. And it does give you the option too, even on YouTube to just like, do you want to just cut this? Part out, yeah. Um, which totally makes sense for this kind of content. Um, yeah. You know, like because there was one where I like played like a, 
I don't know, like 30 seconds of a, like a off, an outcast song or sleepy Brown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because he was rapping about McCoy Tyner because Andre was on there rapping about McCoy Tyner. And I was like, listen to this. <laughs> We're talking about jazz. He's talking about McCoy Tyner. And so I like set the phone right here on the table <laughs> <laughs> and just let it play for like 30 seconds. Like unbroken silence between yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was like, uh. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, just just cut that out. Because we weren't talking over it. We just, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, just, just take it out. But then there was another one where it was a, a Pantera song off of Far Beyond Driven. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is let me just find some other way to get this done because I don't want it to just cut this out totally. Right. Cause it's going to not make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff is like, this is the exact right, the exact wrong kind of stuff to be talking about. And then just throwing up on YouTube. If you're going to like need examples. Yeah. That's exactly what it's looking for. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so uh well I guess like you know a topic of the week since we're already talking about Pantera a little bit yeah I had something related to Pantera as well yeah go ahead uh no I found a just a random YouTube uh channel of uh this I was looking for her name her, uh Kayla Kent is what her name is uh, the name of her channel too uh I probably but, already follow her yep do you really <laughs> yeah she's awesome yeah i just like found that the other night and it's like she, all it is every single video is her playing like a pantera solo it just or a killing it. awesome yeah <laughs> sick yeah i don't even remember how i found that uh watching some other person play music or some other pantera thing. oh no it was it was a clip of Dimebag being confused by one of his own riffs <laughs> he was like I, well i thought i wrote it down an e but it turns out it's an f and that's really fucked up burp and then the clip's over <laughs> that was the whole thing <laughs> so i was like that's good that's a good clip and then i found her channel i was like i'll watch nice. somebody play dive back solos it's probably pretty good it's pretty fucking good yeah it's really so it's it's hard to man it's really hard to be i mean it's hard to be like any kind of creator blah 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 or whatever but it's really hard i think to be to be a a woman or a girl creator because it's hard to, i think it's really hard to do that and be respected it's weird because dudes are shitty <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, it's hard to, I, I think it's probably hard to be able to command respect. I think you have to have such thicker skin than, oh, yeah. than, than the average dude needs to have. A thousand percent. And because like. Because you instantly have dudes coming in to your fucking comments and mentions and like, hey, are you single? You're super hot. Or. Regardless of what you're doing or, or talking about. Or just maxim like feel that they have the right to be maximally critical. Yes, the exact opposite of that too. Which is you'll get um, like if you're like if I put out if I put out a drum cover or something like that, you know the worst that's going to happen is that people just like aren't moved by it. 
you know, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I've seen I've seen lots of people play that song, and that seems okay, and they're going to move on. They're not going to feel the need. Like, e- people are either going to say something positive, or they're probably not going to say anything at all. Yeah. Um, but if a girl plays the exact same way, you know, then um, – well, not say exact same way, but it's like if, if but like a girl has to be speaking specifically in the sort of like the metal, you know, musician whatever sphere. You know, they have to just be so legit, and they're still gonna get, you're still gonna get people that are like, yeah, that's really cool, but you know, watch out for your pinky on how you're holding the stick. Like, they're gonna say that, and then the next yeah. clip is gonna be, you know. Um, George Coleus of Nile, like the top of the heat playing the craziest shit, like has been playing shit that no, that people cannot catch up to for 20 years, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, people have caught up to it, but, but, but he's just, he has been like at the top of the mountain on, on like technical death metal drumming for 20 years. And, you know, man, you, and you'll, and you'll see like his pinky drift a little bit, right. Or something like that. Like, I'm not saying that it does. I'm not saying, but but just like there might be some technical idiosyncrasy, and he's not going to get that scrutiny. But you're going to throw it at someone who like just wants to do a Slipknot cover, or something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I think that there is a ridiculously high level of scrutiny across the board, more so these days than before, because so many people are out there and so many people. I think develop this um what's the word like they they feel like they're an authority on it to some extent mm-hmm. because they know a lot about something or right they've watched a lot of videos about something so they feel like they can critique it so I think that's I think generally that's grown but then if you're a woman or just maybe even just a minority of any sort yeah you're sure. under you're under like 10 more microscopes yeah if instantly. you're if you're underrepresented in that whatever that thing is, yeah. you know, like if you're, if you're a black dude that's playing death metal drums, people are going to be like, you know? Yeah. It like, it, it brings out, it brings out the fuckwads out of the woodwork. It like, does. It, it does. Um, you know, but I, I feel like it's less, it is, that is getting to be less. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe or or I, I may, maybe it's not getting to let be to be less, but maybe I'm just seeing more positives. Also, yeah, it's, like maybe there's just just more positives too. I'd like to think that that's the case because I kind of I kind of feel that way too because I watch a few different channels where it's just uh, a girl playing something or a woman you know talking mm-hmm. about whatever, and I feel like I see less intense shittiness, especially after like. I don't say after like Gamergate because that's people are still out there doing that shit, but it's not as pronounced these days. Mm. At least not publicly. Mm-hmm. Privately, it may be just as bad as ever. So mm-hmm. I can't I can't speak to that. But um, I want to ask you about that. I, I feel like overall there is a positive trend, but then I think about the people who I'm watching, and it's like, uh, have you ever seen the girl uh, Too Sick, the Russian girl who does all the death metal covers and shit? Probably. Uh, it's 2-S-I-C-H. <clears throat> Let me see. Okay. Anyway, she's fucking great, and she gets guests in there to play with her all the time, and she just comes across as super legit, but is also goofy and, and funny, and I, I feel like I don't see much in her 
comments that's too shitty. Um, but maybe there is. Oh, dude, she's hilarious. Yeah, she's fucking fantastic. She is legitimately hilarious. Yes, yeah. That's who I thought you were talking about, but I use. Um, I assume that's how you pronounce it anyway. I think it's too sick. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah she, 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 she's a little Russian girl who just destroys all these death metal songs. I she, Her video about like trying out different stage routines is one yeah, of the yeah, funniest yeah. things I've ever seen. Yeah, or like the what's that sound, where's that coming from thing. Fuck. She is awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, her shit's great, but and like generally pretty positive, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Although I guess I can't read the Russian comments, so maybe there's <laughs> maybe they're shitty. I don't know. And and any video, like the, the things that come to mind are her and then any video involving Gina Gleason from, mm. from Baroness, where it's just legions of people going, You're the fucking greatest. You're a god or a goddess or whatever right. you know, people are saying. Right. But she like that's such an outlier, I feel like, because she has attained this like level of um, street cred and like, uh, like sure known proficiency or whatever. Um, but you, you just don't, you also just don't see many metal bands with a, a female lead guitarist. Gina is so in the some, middle of, some, a, of a lot of it, like a weird, really big, weird Venn diagram. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so maybe those examples are representing like outsized positive areas of people of, of fans but right because there's not yeah. a lot i don't think there's a lot of of like of women guitar players in rock bands that can go out on stage and play without their shirt on and it not and it and it'd be like oh yeah she's just an artist and that's just how she wanted that's just what she wanted to do and not be um, her being criticized for trying to get attention, or that being a this, or that being a that, or da da da, and it not be, yeah. and it not be so overtly sexual. Um, right. And but she can get away with that, <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's that's not, you know what I mean. Um, not that, not that like that's like a shtick, like that's she doesn't do that every show or anything like that, but it just like, I don't know, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. Yeah, uh, she like it's weird. Like she's attained some sort of like almost untouchable weird status. Like mm-hmm. the, people accept her as though she was not a woman. It is the the you know the unfortunate way to say it. I think <laughs> because I think that is the case. Like these things are so difficult to sadly. talk about. <laughs> it's like it's to, 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 without without like Ugh. sounding like a douche nozzle. Um, or sound like a total jerk. Well, no, I don't. Um, I don't think it's that. I think it's more like, oh boy, I just stumbled across a really disgusting truth that I hadn't really thought about before I said it out loud. Yeah, is the way I'm looking at that. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it because it's not that she is. It's not that you're like, yeah, man, I respect her the same way I respect men. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. Um. You know, first I was like, you're not a man. But eventually, she proved herself yeah, she to really, be. She really brought me back around. Just you know? as good. Won me over into the fold. I mean, she's still kind of uh, whatever, you know. But... Uh, yeah. Well, and also, you know, Baroness is such a unique band, and Baroness has such a unique fan base too. I think, and that has to be a big part of that equation. Right. That, yeah. That's kind of what. That's kind of why I'm saying like maybe those examples aren't really fantastic. Uh, right. Yeah. Like so. if. <laughs> like if. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 
like if Disturbed or like Five Finger Death Punch got like, you know, hot woman guitarist X, you know, like, uh-huh. I don't know. You just, there might be a little, there might, the dynamic might be a little different there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. Bareness being what they are is certainly, I feel like plays into that somehow. Right. And I don't fully understand the dynamics of how, but there is a weird, there's a weird acceptance there that just kind of happened. Well, and they already and people were cool with it. They already kind of had their wave before, almost their peak, if you will, before she joined, and now they're yeah. in their like mid-tier. I don't want to say coasting, but they've found their people, and their people aren't going anywhere. Right. They're in like a weird rebuilding phase, and have been for like a decade. <laughs> Weirdly enough. Well, like I, th- I think of, I, I think of you know, like they they were on an ascent all the way up through yellow and green, and then after purple, things sort of leveled out, right? I don't know because the the, the there was a there was just a ten uh, year anniversary article on yellow and green because it just turned ten, fuck, and so that was that album came out, and then two months later they had the bus crash. Okay, I didn't realize those were so close together. Yeah, so like they had just gone on tour for Yellow and Green, and then they all got fucked up, and they weren't the same for like a year. Right. So whereas that should have been the thing that like propelled them into the stratosphere, they weren't able to like capitalize it in a certain I way. See. And then the drummer and bassist left before they did anything else really, and then they started rebuilding for Purple, and they That's got Sebastian and Nick, and then after Purple there was like, all right, we kind of know ourselves now, and then Peter left. And then they were like, all right, we need another guitar. And that's when they got Gina. Okay. And now they're like, we're going to rebuild again and figure out who we are now. And that's what Golden Gray is. I see. And so that's where they are today. Okay. So that's why I say they're in this weird, like, constant rebuilding phase for the better part of a decade. Uh, and so I think people are like, they don't have solidified expectations, whereas they, maybe after, like, Red and Blue, they expected one thing. and Right. Or... I don't know. Well, I mean, and I can also sort of see it as if you're a fan of the band and they go through all that and you stick with them, you know, you're you're probably a pretty cool person. Uh, or, I mean, I, I'm a pretty cool person. So <laughs> I assume that's what you're alluding to. I, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't feel like I've ever ran into any assholes at a Baroness show. <laughs> um, I don't know. They, I don't. I don't think I have. They. They don't seem like a. They don't seem like a. I'm sure they were there. Because there's like certain fan bases that like it might just be like split down the middle, like half cool as shit, half toxic as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, just, you know. Yeah. yeah. Cool uh, as shit, toxic as fuck. fuck. Yeah. Those yeah. are the two sides. Yeah. And and Baroness has always like seemed seemed like I don't know. It just seems like it attracts, you know, people that are more on the cool side. I guess. I think it does. Um, I think it does generally. Yeah. You know, so, but, but, but yeah, like with the. So I think it's like a more accepting uh, foundation in the first place. Right. Right, 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 right. I'm sure that, I'm sure that plays a part. Right. And. But I I know that there were people when like Gina was announced or Mm -hmm. when she first started playing with them, there was, there was absolutely that sentiment here and there where it was like, well, this ain't, this ain't no fucking Peter, or, or she's, you know, right. even if it was just critiquing her play style, which that's the kind of thing, like, I feel like people do that all the time for everybody, but I think 
in that sort of case where she's a woman, it, right. she's going to get it more to some extent. Even though with Baroness, I think it wasn't as much, which I say is which is why I say it's a bad example. I uh, yeah right so, right 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 yeah but, like there's there's and like that's the thing is that yeah like I but also I don't know what her fucking DMs look like maybe they're fucking uh, complete trash fire that's probably so solid point so solid who knows point. um yeah and I. Yeah, to be a woman creator, especially in like the metal space, I only say that because that's the space or the drummer that I know the most about. Right. I think you have to have such thicker skin. And I didn't really <laughs> I, I I'm I'm humbled by it, to be honest, because I you know, I do not have <laughs> as thick of skin as I as I'd like to think that I have. Um and just, you know, but then you like think about like what you know like just i'm just gonna play drums to a song i like and i'm gonna do it while i wear clothes that i like and i'm gonna have to deal with at least 200 people saying shitty things <laughs> god damn it uh it's just a total it, this is what i want to do <laughs> it's just a totally different thing and a totally different you know just just it's insane and i don't know a, a really good example i thought about sort of in this topic um al along these lines i think i mentioned it no it wasn't actually on the podcast we were talking about um when harrison came over here mm -hmm. um before we started recording we were talking about the singer in the band entheos her name is This is this is her actual I'm double checking it. Her name is Entheos Jones. <laughs> um because the name her name is Cheney Crab. Um <laughs> and uh I don't know that reference. That's that, no that that's her name. <laughs> um but it's I didn't know that reference. <laughs> it sounds like a made up name. Wow, okay. Okay. I don't remember this conversation either. Okay, maybe we, maybe maybe we, it wasn't maybe it wasn't here yet. Yeah, right, right. And okay. she is, you know, an incredible vocalist, an incredible like just an incredible you know front woman, just kills it on yep. all levels by all measures, you know. And and the thing that that we were talking about was that it's so much harder because because she probably had to always be amazing. Because think about how many shitty metal singers we've seen. And maybe they weren't. Think about think about us having been shitty metal singers. Um, yeah. And and. And uh, and the thing is, is that you need to have that space and that support to kind of be able to start kind of shitty and then get somewhere. Right. You know, and I don't think that that. Like, that's a thing that men are allowed to do, I feel like. Specifically, like, I can sort of say, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I don't know. But I know that, <clears throat> I know that back in the day, if there would have been a girl that was singing, you know, in a metal band, she would have been under a crazy amount of scrutiny. And yeah, almost certainly. And if it would have been her first, third, fifth, tenth show, 
she would have been unfairly criticized. And, you know, like, and if, and if we would have endured that same amount of criticism, we might've stopped. Yeah. You know? And whereas if you're like, you can go out and be like a really terrible dude, terrible, like metal vocalist, <laughs> a terrible dude. Jeff. And if you're a dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, people might be like, well, you know, maybe you'll get it. <laughs> maybe he'll get there. And I feel like that's a really, really big difference is, is, is women when they create in these kind of spaces, they have to like be unfucking deniable. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's some weird, um, I feel like that's how, that's how kind of what I was trying to get at earlier with how generally that's just more, the scrutiny is more of a thing these days Mm -hmm. because if, if people are trying to learn you know, someone's just trying to come up and hone their craft and they're doing that by making videos and putting it on YouTube mm-hmm. for people to see or just streaming on Twitch or something like that uh, for anyone to look at, then it's that just gives... That's not something that we had to deal with, right? Right. That puts so many more eyes on it. And so you're automatically going to get... I assume anyway, because I don't... This is not something that I've done... But I assume you're going to get much more criticism, regardless of who you are. Sure. And then if you're a woman, for example, it's going to be like tenfold. Right. So you you extra, you have this weird new way of like putting your stuff out there and mm-hmm. getting feedback and, be, right. you know, trying to grow yourself and your creativity. And then it's instantly like the shittiest possible way to do that. Yeah. At the same time. So it's this weird... Right. The thing that that <laughs> the thing that would bother me that I would see, I don't see it as much now. And it might just be that I'm not like that. I've exited those particular drumming spaces, those drumming circles. Yeah, those drumming circles. Yeah, uh, is like just the <clears throat> God. It was just so fucking ignorant and so. Like someone would post a video of, you know, like Sebastian Lanzer from Obscura or something. Okay, so Obscura is top of the heap of technical death metal. Sebastian Lanzer is one of the best drummers doing it, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We're just going to talk about fucking suffocation. Who cares? (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) And... So, and then someone, and then someone will like take the time to say, I don't think this is music, but I respect the effort that he put into being able to play this athletic style, da, 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 but Mm -hmm. there's no dynamics here. And this isn't expression of music to me. And it's like, why did you fucking take the time to do, you know, just a classic question is, man, (laughs) why did you? Like, Literally, if you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say anything at all. But right, why did you, and, you chose to click on this and come in and and engage with it. In right, like this is like this is like a drumming group. Like this is all of it is what it's supposed to be, and and you know, or like someone showed a clip, someone put up a clip of like Tony Royster Jr. playing, which this guy has been one of the best drummers in the world since he was fucking twelve. Okay, like. Modern Drummer Festival 1997, 12-year-old Tony Royster Jr. Right there with with all the legends playing an incredible solo. 
okay? Because he's one of those guys. Mm -hmm. And then I guess like the past 10 years or maybe more, I don't know, he's been Jay-Z's drummer, you know? Oh, wow. Jay-Z's live drummer. Because Jay-Z can have it literally any fucking wants, you know? Um, and so... I think about so, Jay-Z having a drummer. That's interesting. Well, I, I, you know... Probably not for everything, but... I don't know, man. It, it brings different energy to the live show. Oh, yeah, I imagine so. So, but... Interesting. Seeing, you know, but here's like a clip of like Tony Royster. And this is the thing, like Tony Royster Jr. He, like there's a video of him like when he's like 14 or 15. Like I'm like a released, like you pay money to buy this. And it's just a video of him playing drums with Dennis Chambers, which Dennis Chambers is one of like the established, you know, greatest of all time drummers. Okay. You don't have, you can't, you cannot get better credentials than Tony Royster Jr. has. It's literally impossible. Okay. And then here's some asshat talking about like, he's hitting those cymbals too hard. He's not even really a drummer. He's maybe a good cymbal player. Like just, and I'm like, why? Like not even trying at that point. And, and, and anyway, I, 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 I was like, it was one of those things that like, you don't realize you're in like this toxic space. And then you just sort of like look around. You're like, wait a minute, <laughs> all of y'all are assholes. <laughs> and but 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 I feel like yeah. I see I see much much less of that. And it might just be that I don't interact with the shitty drumming spaces. But I don't know, man. All the all the all the things seem to be gearing much more towards even in the extreme metal metal circles and whatnot, being much more open-minded and much more like there's something to gain from all. It's like, that's not what I do and that's not what I'm passionate about, but that's fucking awesome. And that yeah. seems to be much more of the, the default than it was when, you know, 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Ten, yeah. Five years ago on some, like, sure. I, I feel like that. I feel like I see the same thing. But I, yeah, I wonder if it is actually any sort of real change or just the way that communities have factioned off at this point, or maybe right. both. You know, I don't. But right. I would like to think that that is the case. Obviously, right. Uh, or maybe and, the people that are wanting to be petty and hate on things are 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 going to spaces where they can be petty and hate on things. Yeah, they're all on Trump's social media. Platform, right. Hopefully. Right. They're they're all over there, and they're yeah. not. They're like, it's not as much fun to, you know, to tell people they're holding their sticks wrong. I'd much rather <laughs> tell w women that they're not allowed to, you know, leave the state <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah, like I've, I've, I've seen that exact thing where like a community realizes that a, a large part of it is shitty and they they just pick up their shit and leave and go create another community. So it's so, one example. Uh huh. Uh, and then you see sort of the same thing happen there, but maybe it gets better over time. And so I think, on some extent, to some extent, both of those things are happening. Right. But right. Yeah. Maybe if, I don't know. Um. All right. We're about fifty minutes in, but before because this is like recent news, we have to talk about this like supposed Pantera reunion. Oh God! Right. Uh. <laughs> I came in. I came in tonight. I was like, "What the fuck?" Am I? I don't remember anything that happened the last week. I don't know what they're going to talk about. And now here we are. And I forget we talked about it yesterday. Well, anyway, yeah. Go ahead. So, what are your thoughts? So, so it was announced that that there's going to be like you know northern you know like going to be a tour with Phil Rex, and 
Zach Wilde, which everyone has been saying for years anyway, and Charlie Benante from Anthrax. So yeah. what do Zach, you... Zach Wilde from Ozzy Osbourne and Black Label Society fame. And, and Zach Wilde fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess so. He's, Zach he's... Wilde's hard-drinking pirate dude. I don't know what the fuck he's got going on. Man, that mother... This is how, this is how amazing Zach Wilde is. Zach Wilde was able to was able to put a group together, call it Zach Sabbath, and just go out and tour <laughs> playing Black Sabbath songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Guy's legit. Obviously. Of course, he's fucking he's a legend. He's 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 you know. Yeah, like the the first thing I'll say about this as far as like what I think about it is you probably couldn't get any better than Zach Wilde to do this. Is my thought. The thing that makes me excited about it being Zach Wild is that Zach Wild has such a singular voice on the guitar. There's no way that Zach Wild won't sound like Zach Wild. Yeah. Yeah. So it won't it will feel like a tribute and like a celebration of the legacy. It won't feel like as opposed to like we're trying to do Pantera and we need a replacement. Yeah. For, yeah. We need someone to be the dime bag now. Right. Right. Uh, it, it won't be like what <laughs> I haven't seen it. Maybe it's cool. Their ticket sales are doing well, but like what Static X is doing. Oh, who who do they have singing? Um, I'm pretty sure it's the guy it's Edsel um from Dope. He's oh. a great singer. He's doing a great job. But he's like dressed up as Wayne Static, like with like a weird mask on and shit. He looks like a zombie Wayne Static going What up. kind of mask? Not like a Wayne Static mask. No, 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 no! Not like, not like, not like what Brian Cranston did at like at like Comic Con all those years ago. Not like that level. <laughs> okay, um, I don't actually know what that is, but okay. No, you you, you know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so there was like a dude walking around Comic Con with like a Heisenberg mask on, like all Comic Con, and then he like walks up on stage during like a breaking you know like on a Breaking Bad panel, and he takes off his fucking Brian Cranston, <laughs> like. With a, you know, like with a mask of himself on, you know, Heisenberg. from Walter, Walter White, Breaking Bad. But Heisenberg, what does that mean? What does that have to do with anything here? I never saw Breaking Bad. Okay, by shit. the way, well, <laughs> it's probably important to say. Because <laughs> okay. I know Walter White is his name in the show, but. He also goes by Heisenberg. Gotcha. At some point. Okay. And, and it and it is. It so what is, he did what he did is the Sting thing from from fucking WCW, when Sting got in the ring with a Sting mask on and he beats some dude with a baseball bat and then he rips the Sting mask off and it's Sting underneath. Yes, that. <laughs> oh, that. Okay. That's the best. Okay. Uh, which I I I am I don't know as much about about that. Well, you do Breaking Bad. I'll do shitty wrestling over here. Fair enough. <laughs> um. Now let me see if I can okay. find a picture of. Okay, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a Wayne Static mask. That's all that matters. Yeah, but the hair—that's a weird. Because Wayne, a, that's a maybe a bridge too far. I feel uh, like. Oh man, but. this is a garbage quality photo. Um, that might make it better. There you go. There you go. That. Uh, um. This is. I'm so. I know this is so fascinating. To the, <laughs> that's enough for you to get the idea. But why? Uh, because there's still life in that. There's little life in them. Their bones, Robert. <laughs> Not Wayne Static's bones. His bones are buried. Yeah. But no, like why the mask? Like do the tour. Like whatever. Sing the songs. But why this? Because I this think is they like were, I think they were trying to like hide his identity. I don't know if we can for a long time. I have no idea if this is gonna hold up or not. But, probably not. Uh, 
Oh, they didn't want anybody to know it was him. That it was Isn't him. his name Edsel Dope? That's his, I mean, I doubt that's his give his birth name. <laughs> his Christian name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh! <laughs> oh! Right. Oh, yeah. he's of the, uh... <laughs> yes. He's of the Dallas Dope. And Peter Beget Dope. <laughs> Beget Edsel. Uh, oh. Named for the Ford Edsel. But yeah, so if Zach Wilde is playing Pantera songs, like there's no way you're not getting like a random, you like you're you're yeah. getting you're gonna be getting. I mean, extra Dimebag. shit in there. <laughs> yeah, extra squealies. Yeah, like Dimebag did plenty of those. But there's so much footage of Zach Wilde playing Pantera songs already mm. that you can just look at that and go, well, yeah, that's he's gonna do great. But right. Yeah. Also, he's just been an amazing player for fucking like 40 years now some shit like that uh, you know playing with ozzy back in the 80s uh and like yeah so i i think that that's that's really cool um and you know i've watched footage of phil doing you know like his with vul- his uh like phil and some of the illegals doing like vulgar display of pantera you know where they do like all like they just play vulgar no, 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 no. They do. They just do all a whole Pantera set. You know okay. what I mean? And does like shit. Like he like does like an actual version of Suicide Note Part One. Like doing shit that Pantera never actually did. Right. And it's good. It's huh. good. Like okay. he sounds good. You know. Cool. Um And so, I'm sure it'll be awesome. I never would have guessed that it would have been Charlie Benante on drums. Um, yeah. So what? What do you think about that? How does that hit you? Well, I will. I'm. Ne- I will. Ne- I'm never gonna doubt Charlie. Um, because that dude is like seriously an underrated legend. And he also like writes almost all the music for Anthrax. Like he's like a top Damn. shelf fucking guitar player also. Damn. <laughs> um, I mean, the shit that Anthrax plays isn't that hard. It's more like Scott Ian has the stamina and the fortitude of <laughs> 10 bulldozers. You can't be stopped. Uh, that man has never played an upstroke in his life. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, you can go no, no, down forever. It is hard. His arm just goes all the way around. Yeah, <laughs> downstrokes. Um, yeah. Uh, so because Vinny has like a very, very like unique. To me, Vinny has like a very, very unique feel, and totally. There's, and but this thing, I don't know, like. The the Charlie Benante stuff I'm most familiar with is a lot of the like the nineties, like or is like some of the early nineties, some of the early two thousands anthrax stuff, which is like it's amazing, but it's straight down the middle. Like it's just right on top of the beat, just straight down. Yeah. And then some of those and then the Stormtroopers of Death stuff. Oh, know, he was he did that too. Okay. Right. Which is like more more like pushing, but but still like I don't know, man. Like Charlie always seemed like very like on the beat, do you know what I mean? Like not ahead, not behind. Like boom, like just, I just like a machine. Yeah, like you know. I think the only album that I, or the the album I'm most familiar with him is Persistence of Time, which was mm. 1990, I think, or maybe? 91 maybe. Uh, but I, I listened to that album a bunch, and that is just a very like meat and potatoes the whole way through. Right, like the, it's the, it's good, but yeah. Right, whereas like. Vinny has all these pushes and these pulls and, 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 you know, like we've talked about before is Vinny's feel. It's, I mean, he's more like, he's like the John Bonham of thrash drumming, you know, or of metal drumming where 
he and I mean, and a lot of his tools are a lot closer to being John Bonham. Like he's a lot closer to John Bonham than he is to Dave Lombardo. You know, and like Vinny was already a really amazing drummer before double bass was a thing. You know, like mm-hmm. that's sort of the yeah. vibe. Like that's why he leads with his left foot because he. You know, he didn't learn on a double bass kit. He learned and you had your hi-hat and you always kept your hi-hat foot going. You know what I mean? And so whenever he got double kick, he's like, just took that foot off of the hi-hat and put it onto the bass drum, you know? <laughs> Same with Gene Hoagland. You know, Gene Hoagland plays left foot lead on on double bass also. Mm. So, and and Vinny comes out of like a, that different generation, you know, where he grew up listening to like Tommy Aldridge and shit like that. Like, uh, and so... I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, so, but again, I don't know, man. If if they fucking like, they didn't they didn't decide this without getting in the room together and seeing how it felt. And exactly. If, yeah. And if and if they decided that it was the right thing to do, because that's the other thing is that like Charlie's. I don't know, man. Maybe that shit. Maybe Charlie can absolutely do all that, and it just didn't make sense to do it in Anthrax. Right. You know what I mean? Like maybe fucking. Charlie Badate could do a better Tommy Aldridge than anyone who fucking alive, you know, like he just doesn't like David Coverdale and doesn't want to be in Whitesnake. I don't know <laughs> who can blame him, who can blame him. So, okay. That is kind of what I wanted to know. It was like, did you know if he had any, like, does he play Pantera cover songs or some shit? I don't know. It is fair to I know that the anthrax, the anthrax and Pantera guys were tight and have been yeah, tight since like, you know, like before Cowboys from Hell. Yeah, because they came up around the same time yeah. as like Pantera isn't considered to be one of the big four bands from that time. But they're the same age as those guys. They're, they may as well have been. That's what's there. Then that that's it. You know, we talked about that on the Machine Head episode. Well, it's like that's what's so strange, or I think that is like really strange is that, you know, like James Hetfield. And Phil Anselmo and and Rob Flynn are like that. That seems like that's three different generations. Yeah. But those dudes are like, like Phil and Rob are the same age, or, or really close. And like James is like three years older than them, or some shit like that. Like they're yeah. But Metallica was like fucking big screaming dick famous when they were like nineteen. They're twenty. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Exactly. And. They seem worlds apart. Right. For, for, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, like, I don't know, man. Maybe it makes a lot of sense, you know? Maybe. To me, I'm to, like, if you, if you were, like, to ask me to, like, figure out how to do, like, who do you get to play drums? Like, yeah. to me, the only answer is Dave McLean. Um, hmm, okay. Because there's no one I've ever heard play with as much sort of alternating between as much sort of, you know, intensity and, and like breath and groove in their playing, you know, it's different because no one plays like Vinny, but yeah, you know, but Dave, Dave is kind of cut from the same cloth, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll go see it. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I want to hear it. I want, especially cause that's, that was kind of my main, like I know Zach can play all this shit. I know Charlie's a good drummer. Uh, Rex is going to do Rex. He's still there. He's right. still got his shit going on. But uh, Phil was kind of the only thing. Because I just don't... I haven't heard much of what he's done in a long time. It, and I don't know... It's it's, not, it sounds better than you think it would. Interesting. 
Like, okay. because that's the thing too is, man, Phil in his prime when we were seeing him was still kind of hit or miss. You yeah, know? exactly. That's that's kind of yeah. Exactly. Like from like '96 on, Phil was sometimes hit or miss. Exactly. You know. Yeah. And, um, I don't. I, I think he's pretty. Like, I don't. Fuck. Uh. Uh, I don't even want to say that. But the the footage I've seen, ask me what I was going to say later. The footage I've seen looks really, really good. I was impressed. Cool. You okay. know, of, of Phil live, you know. Right, right. Like, even doing the Pantera stuff, you know. So, I don't know, man. It seems like he really kind of, like, turned a corner after the whole, like, die bash racism outing yeah. kind of thing, you know. So hopefully, which, you know, good on good on him, man. Like, hopefully. So um, because that shit, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he felt that it is fucking pocketbooks, you know, because down got canceled off of a bunch of festivals and shit like that. Like that, that bullshit affected lots of people's lives as it should have. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But, you know, this is prime time for reflection, you know, so. Yeah. Like, um, and even if it's just like, oh, well, maybe I'm not going to drink so much. Like maybe it wasn't even this, you know, oh, I need I, I, I have racist views I'm not addressing. Maybe it was just like, I'm not going to fucking drink as much. And then that makes his performance is better. Right. You yeah. Know, I don't know. Who can say? I don't know. I'm not hanging out with a guy. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, God, will you call yourself a podcaster? <laughs> you're, you're not even friends with Phil Anselmo? Uh, I just don't feel qualified to talk about him unless I'm hanging out with him every single night. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this, the, this podcast is now all about my wife. That's, that's the only person I'm qualified to talk about. <laughs> um, Son? No. Wife? That's, draw that's the it. That's it. She knows Phil Anselmo. He was in the, <laughs> he was, he was in the ICU today. <laughs> Drinks a liter of rum <laughs> three times a week. <laughs> That was for you, Allison. Oh man, I I, I would I would uh. bet a testicle that she's never gonna hear that. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Satan's got me. Hold on, let me check. By the left testicle. Sorry, that's a that's a deep cut into some Phil Anselmo jokes. We might we might get back to that one of these days. Who I can say? I want to. I want to. We'll see what happens. Jet. Yeah, man. He also won't hear this. He also won't hear this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he did tell me at one point after, after like he listened to the first shoe, he was like, he's like, yeah, I don't feel the need to, to call you and talk to you. As much. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's like, I feel like I to get my, my <laughs> get my weekly fill of Richard. Yeah. I got my, oh shit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man. So you hadn't heard from him in like two months now. <laughs> That's a funny thought, right? I'm, uh, I'm like, oh no, this, this is just. This is just perpetuating my loneliness. Yeah, I've su- supplemented myself in all my friendships. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Shit. yeah, we get to hang out with Robert Moore, which is cool, but literally no one else. Fuck. Uh, what does that say about me? Because I've listened to all these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just used to me by now. Uh, like, I'm, yeah. I'm, par- I'm part of your mental furniture. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you just accept it. <laughs> you're like, well, you know, like it. Do you even is that even really a relevant question? Yeah, does that even matter here? Uh, See, what I'm not used to is myself. 
I'm just trying oh. to get, you know. Oh, I, is that weird to hear yourself talk? For as much as I talk to myself anyway, <laughs> I'm, not used to, I'm not used to me in that little box talking to myself. Has that, is that, has that been weird to get used to? Nah. Not that much. Yeah. It's just. I feel like if you get used to recording yourself on anything, like if you're like, oh yeah, man, that's how I sound on the guitar. That's how I sound on the drums. That's how I sound singing. Like once you get past that in, in anything, I feel like the rest of it is, it's all the same. <clears throat> Yeah, I, yeah. Not even from the very beginning, I wasn't like self conscious. I was more just like interested. Mm. I was like, because <laughs> I'm fascinating. Because <laughs> who could be more interesting? Yeah. Than the one person I can't experience from a third person. Yeah. Uh, no. All right, but yeah, Pantera reunion. Pantera yeah. reunion. I did not expect that to be the case. Uh, apparently, that news had been brewing recently. <sighs> I mean, I wasn't expecting it either. Um. You know, I. Oh, that was the that was the idea I got from that article that you sent. Was like there had well, been rumblings recently, but maybe it was just the day before. People have been talking about it for like a cool ass fucking decade. You know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. Of like this idea. I mean, before Vinny died, like people were oh. like, "Get Zach in in there, do Pantera." You know. Um. Fucking say you're sorry to Phil. Do Pantera. Like, people have been saying that for a long time. Uh. Um, I never, I never got wind of, of anything that made me think, oh, this is imminent or this is like actually a possibility. Yeah. Um, and first the news broke just that it was going to happen. And then there was a rumor it was going to be Zach and Charlie. And then that was confirmed. And that all happened within like 24 hours or something like that. So, yeah, but I mean, it's cool. Like, I, I mean, I think it's. Do Do you think it's like? Do you feel apprehension about it? Like, do you think it's uh, no, in poor taste somehow or something like that? Absolutely not. Okay. I don't either. I don't I, because this is the thing. Like, people people want to see that. Like, people want to see, you know. <clears throat> People want to see Phil and Rex together doing Pantera songs. Yeah. Um, and people want to see and and if you and if you get other big names in there and you make a big event out of it and you have an excuse to do like a full blown Pantera stage show too, like people want to see that. And you're not you're not like miss you're not you're not like selling them something they're not gonna get. Like it's gonna be a celebration of Dime and of Vinny and of Pantera's music because Pantera's music is important as fuck and it's relevant and and people want to see it and and if you're not doing it you're leaving money on the table so you know yeah. there's no harm in it I mean fuck dude Glenn Fry died and I and like with with I don't even know man maybe within the year. The Eagles were out on the road with Vince Gill. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I might be mistaken on this, but I really don't think I am. Um, I remember they had Glenn Fry's son. I remember they had both. But but the point is, is it's like the <laughs> Eagles lost Glenn fucking Fry and like got back to work like in the same fiscal quarter. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we gotta hit those numbers, boys. You know, fucking fucking Don Henley. Man. Into what? Q2 coming up. <laughs> Yeah, 
Henley wasn't going to have it. Right. Don't you fucking die on my watch, Glenn. You know what you need to do? You need to get over it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I'm going to kick your inner child's ass that's dying of liver cancer. Or I don't know if that's what Glenn Fry died of. But... <laughs> no, this was inner child died of. I think. <laughs> Um, fuck man weird so uh, so yeah like it's yeah like i i literally saw a uh on a forum that i read somebody posted the question the other day like wh- wh- who was your favorite of the big four metal bands mm. from the 90s so it was anthrax slayer megadeth yeah. metallica and it was like you could pick one of those four or you could pick other and like talk about who you liked or whatever and like half the posts in there were like, "What's Pantera?" You didn't say Pantera, but the answer is Pantera. Fascinating. Because <laughs> I thought about it for a while. I was like, probably like if I had to choose like Megadeth, because like Rust in Peace is really great. Because this is only the '90s. Also, why did why are you talking about the Big Four during the '90s? I don't know. Though? That was like that was the question they postulated, and I was like, I don't know. It was just a thing to talk about. Because none of it's great. Like, there's no good. <laughs> Just <laughs> the right. That's the correct response. I've never been more because the the term the big four is only relevant across both decades. Really, no, it is only relevant well, in the eighties. It is only relevant up to the Clash of the Titans tour that happened in I believe nineteen ninety one, ninety two. Okay, okay. Um, I guess that you, makes sense. When you had Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax supposed to be death angel opening up for it but they had to back out the last minute and you had allison chains opening up on that tour oh yeah that's right wild right and that is like the bookend death of thrash metal yeah i guess that's true um like that you know what i mean like the big four doesn't mean anything post black album post vulgar display of power post you yeah. know, Anthrax lineup change post euthanasia of, you know, with Megadeth. Count would be Countdown to Extinction, which is 92. Fair enough. So, but yeah. The, the lines, like, by the time you get to like 1995, 94, Big Four doesn't mean anything, you know? Yeah, that's, that's true. Like, Anthrax supported Pantera on tour in 97, 98. One of the one of the times that I saw them, you know, yeah. in ninety, you know, around that Slayer is playing like fucking, is playing clubs, clubs yeah, uh, you know, man, like yeah, Megadeth I, actually like broke up and like went on a hiatus or something like in between like I think like ninety seven or something or I don't between I don't like Cryptic Writings and Risk, I think maybe huh. I think maybe. Because there was some break, because that's the reason we didn't see them live, because they, like, weren't touring during that time period. Like, during, Mm. like, that really sort of influential window of when, you know... (laughs) When Cryptic Writings came out, and we listened to it like (laughs) idiots the whole time. Because it's an amazing record. It's it's a good record, yeah. What what is that that's all... What is this all? Is it it She-Wolf that I... That, that, like, that outro is, like, the best Iron Maiden song ever written? Yes. Okay. Do 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 Yeah, yeah. I had that part stuck in my head for years. And I would like exhaustively go through trying to figure out what Iron Maiden song it was. I've gone through their whole catalog, all 300 albums. I don't even, it's like, I only know 10 Iron Maiden songs, but I listen to all of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good point about the, the, the timing of that. Uh, Stupid question. I, I think it's just a way to reference those four bands. 
Yeah. But why would you? Why would you? Know. Like, because if you're talking about 90s, why you have to, like, if you're talking about like heavy music in the 90s, sure. You're talking about Pantera is what you're talking about. Yeah. Or you, you know, um, or White Zombie. You got to talk about like what White Zombie was doing. You got to talk about Nine Inch Nails, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. heavy music, Marilyn Manson. Like, yeah. Man, somebody, so, uh, a new Beavis and Butthead movie came out the other day. <laughs> it's out already? It's it's on Paramount Plus, I think. Oh, sure enough. Um <laughs> sure enough. Yeah, I think it came out a month ago. <laughs> and then the and then the other day a trailer for their new series okay. uh, also dropped. And it's all like Mike Judge is doing it all and by all accounts the movie's great. And okay. the stuff for the new series I saw and I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch that. Oh nice. But it made me like watch a couple of uh, retrospective videos on Beavis and Butthead and mm-hmm. just like see people talk about it and it really made me realize just how huge that show was in the 90s because that's not something I ever really considered it was just something that I watched throughout the 90s and loved and it also made me realize how much I think when we were talking about like the first couple episodes of this mm-hmm. the, the playlists that we yeah, did yeah, yeah. songs from around those times I don't remember if I referenced Beavis and Butthead. I, I know I referenced MTV, but to think about how many bands I actually saw from that show, right? And the fact that like Rob Zombie credits them with like kickstarting their career, right, is just so wild to think about. It is. I say them and Mike Judge, you know, but yeah, to, well, because I remember buying like. Cause I didn't have MTV. I bought, but I bought a few Beavis and Butthead VHSs. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. them, like working at the burger joint and shit like that. Yeah. You know, um, but no, man, like people still, people would still reference, <clears throat> like they were a big reason that uh, Morbid Angel became like, also them, yeah, the best selling death metal band maybe in history still. Um, because they, you know, because they're like <laughs> talked about the, you know, I am the slime video or whatever <laughs> off of domination, you know? Uh, so yeah, y- huge cultural force. Yeah. Some butthead. And so, cause it always felt fringe too. So you always yeah. felt like you were, getting, I always felt like I was like watching something I shouldn't be watching. Right. Like you're getting the real shit. Yeah. And and it's like no, like you and like fucking thirty million other fucking kids that are yeah. exactly your age. <laughs> and, but there was no like I couldn't go online and see what people were talking about it at the time. Right. Oh God, everyone likes this show. Man, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. So just weird to think about how how huge of a cultural impact it had. And just you just never realize it. Just like the idea of like being at junior high and going with like your friend's mom to see the Beavis and Butthead Do America movie. <laughs> And and like being there in the theater, in a fucking theater, like a nationally released film, right? You know, with a soundtrack that has like everyone on it, and you're like, <clears throat> I don't know if anyone knows about this. <laughs> <laughs> the theater's full. How did they all know to come How and see this not? amazing underground art? Right. Uh, so, <sighs> yeah, that was just something I I came across and had that realization the other day was like this was actually so fucking huge uh but man that show was so good i I, no that was a really good show (laughs) mostly what i know about is the movie because i only had the few episodes that i watched on that one vhs that i bought oh so you've never like gone back and 
Yeah. I guess for a long time, there wasn't a great way to do that. Right. But I guess right, what that right, also right. means is that you never actually saw the show with the videos, which was a huge part of it. I don't think I did. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's on, that was on the VHS, you know, that I bought. No, because that was the thing with the re-releases on VHS DVDs later on um... for maybe up till present day, because the reason they were able to use all those videos because MTV had the license, license to them. Yeah. So you could just throw them in there or whatever you want. It's the same with shows like uh, The State and stuff like that. Okay. Um, they use a lot of licensed music too. Uh, but so when they put that stuff out on DVD, they didn't have the licensing to it anymore. So you what you got was like a couple of the videos that the bands like allowed it or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you just got nothing. You just got the episode, which was like a you know the narrative beats of the episode. Right. With those parts just stitched, stitched right together, right, uh, and it was very weird. In that but way, so. because so much of that show's appeal was them as proxy watching those videos, yeah, because like the, the the episodes themselves, they had a storyline, and they were always funny and sometimes like weirdly insightful or uh-huh. whatever. Usually they were just being stupid idiots, but there was always self-deprecating, or like by and large, right. Um, but yeah. <laughs> One of the main draws was watching them watch videos where they fucking right. invented reaction channels. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before, you know, 20 years before that happened. Uh, yeah, that, that, one of the things I remember the most though is, uh, what was his name? The proto Hank Hill. Tom Anderson. There it it's is. It's like their neighbor, yeah. I almost said Tom Arnold. I was like, that's different. You know, <laughs> Close. You boys better not be jerking off my tool shit. You boys jerking off in my tool shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, um, that was like the big thing. That was like the my biggest takeaway that I had from that VHS. <laughs> uh, it was just that character was in there. Right, right, right. And right. then he's on King of the Hill. Yeah, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? So Totally. Oh. Rad. He was the butthead. Yep. Metal. Good shit. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to grab a beer. Grab it. Would you like one? Oh, uh, yeah, throw me one. <laughs> Quack! But yes, I'm looking forward to that new series and that movie. I haven't watched the movie yet, yeah, uh, but cool. it seems like it's seems like it's quite good. All right, I'm gonna light. I'm gonna light. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I don't know how to use those bottle openers. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> so, so I let you do it well, first. Try this one, and we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, you can make it work. <laughs> um. It is a little. You gotta like get the teeth in there just oh, right. Oh man! And I know you oh, there we go. Okay. I'm I'm a man of precision. <laughs> um, real man of what was it? A man real of man genius. of genius. <clears throat> Somebody brought that up the other day, and do you remember that it was initially real American heroes mm-hmm. before they changed it? I think they changed it after 9/11. Is what it was. Oh, okay. Is is the reasoning for that? Dude, I've never looked more forward to any commercials. In my life, than those commercials. <laughs> really? Oh, dude, I loved hearing it when I, you know, during that time period. I was like, oh, what a, a new one, a new they were, one. A they new were funny, one. yeah, yeah. Like they were, they were so well, well thought out. But apparently, together. they had gone on. They went on for like a decade. I didn't realize they went mm. because that, like, there was enough time for them to get to that point and be changed and keep going. I see. I see. So I see. Anyway, yeah, real men of genius. Weird to think about that. Uh. All right, so we're we're at you know an hour and twenty something, so I guess we should. Yeah, we probably ought to get out of here then. I guess. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, so suffocation's really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, their music's great. Uh, I don't know what else. Say. Don't know what else to say. They've got some albums. Hit yeah. them now. Right in stores now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's about it. Yeah. 
All right, so we're going to talk about suffocation a little bit. Um, so, <clears throat> oh man, this looks like a fucking independent local band from the 90s. This whole thing going on it, here. Uh, I like so, this a lot. So, there's a funny story. Behind Actually, they that. all kind of do. This is pretty good. Yeah, there's a funny story behind that, that album in particular. So, but yeah, so we're talking about <clears throat> suffocation today. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't, uh, I didn't come prepared for this. Damn. I just wanted that, that moment. Did you, wait, this is, these aren't all wrapped. Obviously, did you just go buy these for that, <laughs> no. for that effect? Okay. Uh, I wouldn't have, I, I bought this one a few weeks ago. I wouldn't have knocked you if you did. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm, uh, I, I'm quite the fan of, of suffocation. And uh, so I'm just going to leave some of these out. Some of the big ones. You're a, uh, uh, what would you be if a Taylor Swifties or Swifties? What, what's a suffocation? A suffy? I think uh, we're I think we're the incredulous. <laughs> a, a suffix. Um, right. So so suffocation is a, you know I don't know man. Fucking Google. <laughs> End of episode. <laughs> they're fucking great. Google mic drop done. Yeah. So they're they're. They've become in the past like five or six years become one of my like tip top favorite 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 bands. Yeah. Um, but their music is really intense and really fucking obtuse. And so In what way would you say? If you had to just describe it kind of high level. What do you mean? In what way is it obtuse? Oh, um, because there's like no fucking hooks, heart not very many things repeat. Um it's really technical, but it's technical in a really weird fucking way. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's it's music that's not that's not easy to get your your head around. If you see it live, which I was lucky enough to, that was my first introduction to them. Oh, okay, was seeing them live, and and suff- suffocation live is a different is is a really special thing. And so, did you see them with somebody, or did you see them? Just, they were on the Summer Slaughter tour in 2016. Okay. And so they were playing like fuck it. They play a 30 minute set. Right. You know. And and I was just floored. You know, cuz for some for whatever reason, you know, things we've talked about before, uh things that I talked about in that death metal episode. Um they just I never got exposed to them. Mm-hmm. Um And then anyway, I just kept Digging and digging and digging and digging and digging, and I'm and I'm still, I'm still digging. Still peeling back the layers of the, yeah. that onion. Yeah, like I feel like I'm still digging into this album, even <laughs> like just this one. Um. So for that reason, I didn't want to, you know, I knew at some point I wanted to do like a, all right, let's let's introduce suffocation to Robert, but I didn't want to. You know, like I can't give you like three suffocation albums to fucking listen to, or even two. Like I was like, I'm just gonna give him like seven or eight songs. And honestly, you had primed me for this with the the death metal playlist. It's mostly the same stuff. Because half of that was on here. Uh-huh. Yeah, verbatim. So I had I had at least experienced it at one point. Right. Um. But to to your point about it being uh obtuse um i think that 
death metal and maybe specifically technical death metal is all very obtuse and just kind of hear it as shit's just happening all the time, all at once. Mm -hmm. Everything everywhere, all at once. Like, there you go. (laughs) Um, and sort of like you said, it's hard to get into. It's hard to get your mind around like what all is happening. Cause there is a lot of stuff happening deceptively. So because whenever I listen to some of this stuff, and even like when I put this playlist on, whenever I put this playlist on for the second time even, or the third time, I still hear these things and one of my gut reactions is like, I could fucking write that. Mm. It's not that hard. What he's doing is not that hard. I could fucking write that. You're wrong. So that's kind of my point. <laughs> I don't think I'm completely wrong, but I understand much better now what you're getting at with that so like the, i i i am able to discern things that i wasn't able to initially so when you say um i gotta figure out what program i put my notes in because i think i know what you mean when you say yeah i could write that because <clears throat> what makes their music so this is going to kind of skip around in my notes a little bit, but um, whatever. Um, because I, I sort of like touched on something when I went back and listened to this. Like, I don't even need to really, I, I have most of these songs transcribed. I forgot to bring my binder out here. <laughs> of like my handwritten transcriptions of your tome. Most of these songs. But I, so, but I went back and was listening to, to them and something kind of hit me. Uh, when I was listening to Breeding the Spawn. Um, so, like, in Breeding the Spawn, like, the second movement of that song, yeah, I guess you could call it that, it's like this, it's like a minute and a half or like two minutes long, and it's just, it, it's what would normally be some epic-ass fucking outro is is normally what that section of 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 that kind of song would be I'll refresh your memory um and so like you know it's got the intro with all the triple double bass all the extra beats you're talking about when it gets to the halftime part yeah yeah and which is like the next third of the song right like this yeah um that would normally be like an outro you know and but then they do that for like a minute and a half and then they go right back to fucking thrashing it out <laughs> um and and then there's a solo and then there's some other shit and da 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 you know yeah and that's that kind of epitomizes what is so amazing about them right hear me out yeah is that's what i'm here for <laughs> Okay, like, like, this is what I wrote. I was like, the second movement of this song is, is an, like an epic-ass outro, and then it goes right back to thrashing. Who the fuck does that? Like, seriously, who has the confidence to get out of that mess of an arrangement like that? Right. And that's actually one of the things that makes this band so special. With arrangements, as complex as their arrangements are, you should be losing momentum all the fucking time. Yes. And that never happens. And that's the real magic 
to what they do. Because yeah. normally, if you threw in, oh, just do a bit, do measure of five there, because I like the way that sounds. That that sh- a song should fucking fall apart, especially something that feels as like visceral as their music does. You know, because this isn't this isn't dream theater, where where you're like. And you're like, oh, isn't that neat? Like that's that's not what this is. Um, you don't need to know fucking anything about about you don't even you don't need to know how to count to any number. You don't even know how to count to four, you know, whatever, to be able to enjoy this music if you like that feeling you know um and that's to me they're similar to like mashuga in that way that they're immensely (laughs) hey fellow oh no (laughs) well he's everywhere now (laughs) (laughs) all the time everywhere all the time um but yeah like so it's both i can see that parallel for sure because it's both very cerebral and very very visceral simultaneously and that combination to me creates like a almost like a psychedelic experience if you will um so but yeah um I'm trying to think of the best way to get into this. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got like notes track by track, but I uh, sort of a couple of overall things. And one is maybe we can just dive into that. Yeah, what you just got done talking about there, like this that psychedelic effect, um, which is difficult to get from like a hodgepodge playlist. Okay, you know, yeah, because but- I definitely did not get that. Um, I I I think I see what you're getting at with that. Um, yeah, and I see how you can, how you can take that from it, or how you, how you, how that can affect you that way, mm-hmm. right? Um, most of the stuff on here is like I have good shit to say about this, about all the stuff. Uh, the one thing that I like very pointedly don't have anything good to say about is the vocals. And and I have I I, and have, I know that plays into this. I have a perspective on that that might that might change your perspective uh, or I have an idea about that. Okay. Um, let me find it. Let's see in my, some rando things that make suffocation feel so special. Yeah. 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 All right. Did, Cause this is in your notes that you gave me, right? This isn't, no, this oh, is, other this stuff is you did? extra. Okay. Extra shit. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Actually, you know what? I'm just gonna kind of run through this real quick. Okay. This all all this stuff. Um, and then we'll do others. Okay. So, some random things that make suffocation feel so special, and then just if, if it's relevant, then piggyback on this shit. <clears throat> okay. Uh, they're an amazing live band. Um, no click tracks, no backing tracks, just tight as hell, organic, and perfectly fucking executed it's all in the songs it's all in the notes it's all in the compositions um and for them to pull that off that way you know playing 70 minutes of extreme brutal death metal 
and it working in a live setting, even if you're a fan of the fucking genre, like Slipknot fucking barely plays an hour. You know what I mean? Because that thing is an exhausting. I mean, even totally. even even something that you know, Slipknot is incredibly dynamic compared to Suffocation. You know, but so but so even in you zoom into this sliver, this thing like to do that for an hour. Yeah. And it work. You know, the only other bands I've seen do that in that genre is really Nile. And and I've and there's some of my band some bands that I love these bands, but I don't feel like it worked when they did a big hour long headline show. I'm not gonna say what band it is, you can ask me later. Because I don't wanna I don't want I don't want to talk shit. Fair. Um but then what else is fascinating to consider is but the way that Nile does it is completely different. Okay. Like their whole thing is completely different. Live they, shows? Well, just their music. Their music oh, okay. is inherently so much more epic and dynamic and yeah. has so many more voices and layers of melodies. And they also have, you know, samplers that they're playing. You know, they play along to a click track and get, check this shit out. George is playing along to pre-recorded guitar tracks. Yes. Whoa. Yes, the drummer hears pre-recorded guitar tracks. But because of playing to a click track, it all lines and up. And that's what he's playing with. And then yeah. the guitarists are playing to the click track and that. Wait, are they playing to... Is everybody playing to the pre-recorded guitar tracks? I don't know that. But I, what I do know is that Archspire does something similar where, but I think what they hear is the pre. I know I think in Artspire they do hear like the pre-recorded drum tracks. So everyone is listening to this ideal thing of perfection, and they're all shooting towards the same thing, right? But they're not like really listening to each other because it's like, well, if the drummer, if if I fuck up on the drums, that's not what I want them to hear. I want them to hear what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Da 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 da. da. Which is so. Cr- crazy to me to think about it being done that way like on the one hand i can see that because what you've done is you've created like a set of almost like fail safes in a way yeah right because you've got your drummer listening to the ideal thing and as long as he is on if he's doing that he's going to be on Mm -hmm. that means everybody listening to him is going to be on and it like builds up the chain you know but if the guitarists are also listening to a click track that increases the chances that they're going to be on that's that's a weird fucking thing. It, it's so different than how we thought about heavy music of like making noise at each other in the garage. Like we didn't even we didn't even sing into microphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, true. Like, um, but when I wonder, we rehearsed, you know, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. It's, it's weird that they listen to pre-recorded guitar tracks and not. The guitarists playing the same thing blew my fucking mind, right? <laughs> yeah. And and suffocation does not do that, right? And so they, but they get the same effect. Yeah. So the you have one live track on here, yeah, which is uh, breeding the spawn, and but you also have the studio version right. of that on here, um, and yeah, like my basic takeaway from the live track is like, holy fucking shit. Like, so I, <laughs> I didn't look at any of your notes before this. Okay. Cause you gave me like the, the word document of all your stuff. Yeah. I didn't look at that. I, I wanted to take my own notes and then I come back later and look. Okay. And it turns out we just had a lot of overlap. Oh, that's good. <laughs> really? I, Cause I was like, Oh, I thought this, Oh, he said this there. Okay, cool. <laughs> Cause I was basically like, this is like the, some of the tightest shit I've ever heard. 
like that live the live version of the song is like leagues beyond the album version for me it's so much fucking cooler yeah i, I mean they recorded like 15 years apart right and the quality of the uh, studio one is kind of shit uh, and uh, relatively, Re- yeah, relatively, and and I, I, part of me wanted to only put the live versions. I'm glad you didn't, because the reason I didn't is because I don't think the vocals sound good on the as good on the live versions. Mm. Um, the music is amazing, and 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 the vocalists sound amazing live. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you're trying to track. Well, you know, you try tracking vocals on like someone fucking like cupping a fucking fifty eight, but you know, belting down that thing so that it sounds good out of fucking PA speakers in a venue. It's not a great way to mm. capture those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you just lose a you lose a lot of the enunciation. I feel like you lose a lot of the power of the vocals and whatnot. I would argue there's not much enunciation in the first place, really. We'll we'll, we'll get there. As I fail to enunciate the word enunciation. <laughs> uh, Come on, Frank. <laughs> but, like, they're so fucking tight. Dude. It's stupid, it's, isn't it's, it? It's insane. It sounds so good. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Um. I, and, and that's just those dudes. And this is the thing. So, right. like, so the no lineup. Quick, no quick track again. Nothing. Specify. Like, they're so on the whole time. And so, like... The only original member, well, on that live recording, the original members are the guitarist Terrence Hobbs and the singer Frank Mullen. Um, that's who is like leaving after this show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, so that, that's those two guys. Okay. Okay. On the back of Effigy of the Forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. And so on bass, you have Derek Boyer, who's been in the band for a long fucking time. I want to say for like 15 plus years or something. Um, and then you have um, Charlie. I've never said his last name out loud. I don't know how to say it. I Ignatius. Um, or, or, or Gio? Or, or, oh, God, I'm so sorry, Charlie. <laughs> um, sorry, Charlie. And and so he, he joined the band, I don't know like six or seven years ago. And then Eric Marotti, which joined in 2016. So like there's, but Charlie and Eric are like our age or a little younger. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're young blood. You know what I mean? Like they're, you know what I mean? And and so, but yeah, like, God damn it. (laughs) They're so fucking good live. And that's a big thing that I think like drew me to the bit because that that was what it, i mean I, I saw them live and it like changed my life them doing like 30 minutes you know and and i was like oh okay i didn't know that this music could actually sound this good live. <laughs> this shit's possible let me start practicing this shit again um and it was this huge incredibly inspirational for me and i got way back into it blah blah blah, blah, blah. um so yeah incredible fucking live band i'm i'm <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like undeniably, that 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 version of that song is so much cooler. It, it is, if if only for the drumming changes. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. like that was the thing where I was like, "Oh, this is way fucking cooler." It's so, <laughs> Be- and because oh like God, he, he's doing it at sort of like. Do you know what BPMs the album version is running? Because it's, it's constant. A, it's about the same. It's about the same BPM. It's not. It's definitely not. <clears throat> it's in between these two. Because on the live one, he goes a good deal slower, and then he goes, like, double time. No, 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 no. No. So. Yeah, definitely. Hold on. 
<laughs> what's happening is he's going on the album version. It's just uh, sextuplets on the double bass. Okay, like okay, gong 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 gong. You know what I mean? Mm, um, okay. And then on the live version, Eric, because he's a goddamn machine, he doesn't just he switches between doing the sextuplets and doing thirty second notes. The the sextuplets sound slower to me, like substantially, like noticeably, <clears throat> to the point where I was noticing it as not a drummer. Maybe so, I mean maybe it maybe it it is maybe it does pull a little bit. Okay. Um, I've never noticed. I'll it. take that. <laughs> like maybe they dig in a little more to it. I've never noticed it. Okay, like because because I heard that and I was like, man, that sounds way slower. And then he sped up, and then I went back and listened to the album version. And I was like, yeah, that's like in between. But maybe it's not that big of a difference. Hold on. Okay. Live science right here, folks. Yeah, right. Live science. Love it. That's that's pretty close. Something about this sounds very different to me. Oh yeah, because he's doing thirty second notes on the double bass instead of sex tuplets. Well, the maybe we can deal with this later, <laughs> but he no he double times to the to the thirty sec to the thirty seconds right. He starts off doing it. It starts speed, off sex tuplets, and then he double times it. It's not double though. Okay. It's not double. Hmm. Um. Okay. It's three halves or whatever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Fair enough. You know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm using that terminology very loosely. Maybe so. that's what it is. Like, because when yeah. you say double it, I'm, I, I'm. Keep in mind, I don't quite know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's roll with that. Yeah, yeah. Like it's um. <clears throat> Suck on this. <laughs> um, let's see here. Yeah, so it's around 120ish or so. Um. Maybe maybe a little slower, you know. But like, I, maybe the gong 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 gong. Right, and so like, and so and then he doubles that, you know, you know, and it, from. Mm, let's let's listen to this after, because I I, okay. I actually want to, it like, anyway. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're, we're I should have thought about this a bit more beforehand because this was like a point that I wanted to bring up. I was like, this is really neat. I, and it makes the live version to me like way fucking It's cooler. so much better. There, there, there are so many things where I could like, okay, here, listen to the studio version and this is this amazingly composed song. Okay, now listen to how Eric plays it live and how this makes it 10 times cooler. Gotcha. gotcha. Here's how Doug Bond played it you know, here's how Doug played it when he tracked the album. Here's how Mike Smith played it when he rejoined the band and played it live. And then here's how Eric plays it. I, I can give you like several examples of that, you know. All these that, times when Eric won up to previous drummers. Uh, yeah, basically. Basically, basically yes. Um, Damn. Understandable. So, so yeah. Uh, fuck. Well, so we sort of got there by. Um, we, I, I, I yeah. kind of wanted to go into the vocals a little bit, and you had. I'm gonna get there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna get there. Uh, go, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Like, uh, okay. Hold on. I'm gonna, 
I'm going to riff on them on their live stuff just a little bit more. Okay. I am stupefied <laughs> by how good they are live and how unique the experience of seeing them live is. It's like an LSD trip made of sledgehammers. <laughs> oh, and good. You know, and I've seen, I, I, like the first time I saw them was in 2016. I've seen them live five times since then. Okay. Like, Damn near once a year. That's including a two-year pandemic. <clears throat> right. Okay. Right. Um, the when the sh- I, I mean I saw him a few weeks ago, and when the show was over, I was sad. Like I was sad in my fucking bones because I was like, I don't get to feel this thing anymore. Like I have to wait to feel this thing, and I can only feel this thing here, only with this band. Um, and it made me. Deeply, deeply sad. It's nothing uh, worse than a sad metal boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um all right. So all right, so yeah, let's let's talk about the vocals. Okay. So the vocals. Um and, and also just kind of the lyrics. I, I kind of want to just roll all that okay. in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't because pay... I have some questions about Okay, well, that'll probably answer some of my questions then. Okay. I don't I don't pay too much attention to the to the lyrics. Okay. Um, I mean, like I read over them here and there, you know what I mean? But, but, but I'll, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. So here's the, here's the thing about the vocals. Okay. Um, the first thing to understand about the vocals is, and really about suffocation in general is to really get them. I feel you have to put them in the context of what else was happening in 1991 when sure. this record came out. Sure. When Effigy of the Forgotten came out. And so at that time, and like, look at them on the back of this fucking burger. They are children. Oh, yeah. They're like <laughs> the, the tiniest, scrawniest little little teenagers. And the fury on that fucking album. It's ridiculous. Um, so at that time, this was before, you know, people understood really what death metal was before, like the, the lines had been drawn and everyone was just trying to, in their own way, go beyond thrash metal. Right. Whatever that fucking meant. And so you get a lot, when I went, cause I went back a few years ago and I listened to, you know, there was an invisible oranges album or, or article about like the top 20, you know, they wrote it in like 2016 or something like the top 25 um, death metal albums of 1991. Like the, the year that death metal became legit or whatever. What a, what a good fucking article from this. It was amazing. You can do 25 albums of death metal in that one year. That tells you everything you need to know. Because that was like the year that, oh, this is a thing, right? right. And, and they, they put them in chronological order. So it was like, oh, this is in January. This came out in February. It was so cool. So I went and I listened to them all in order. And a lot of it is how do you sound unique without sounding like slayer um and or without sounding like thrash metal and so the way that a lot of the bands would sound unique is oh well you have a different style of vocals okay and so what most so what a lot of the bands would do is they have that what i call that tampa snarl that like death did you know um so you get a lot of that 
Um, and sometimes you would get bands that would do so. So there's just so there's the sound of the vocals, but also like the cadence and the rhythms mm-hmm. that they're using. So there's like there's like some band, one band that would do like a different sound, but they're still just doing Slayer rhythms. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Um, but then there's bands would have like maybe a unique sound, but the rhythms are kind of uninteresting. And so what Frank does is Frank has, you know, he does low guttural vocals, but he's also extremely rhythmic with them, which one is really goddamn difficult to do. And two is extremely unique. Gotcha. So, and because of that being so unique, and then also because of them inventing a new blast beat on this record, the Suffo blast, um, which right. I don't know if that's clear which blast beat that is. Well, so you had your notes mm-hmm. and you specified where that happened. Like I said, I didn't read your notes, but I made a note in here that said, oh, cool blast beats on here. Suffo blast? <laughs> question mark? Sure enough, that was the one. Right. Like, uh, just. So it's very apparent. So like your traditional blast beat is is bass and snare alternating. Um, and then a suffo blast is basically like your bass and your snare just being together. And like you're right, you like your hands are in unison and then your feet join that, you know. You know. Um so and and man, no one does it like Mike Smith on fucking Evangy the Forgotten. It is it is upsetting, <laughs> like how intense he does it and the speed he does it at. It just doesn't feel human. Um, Distressing. Yeah, that's the that's a great word for it. <laughs> so, okay, so that that's that's the thing that makes it. So the vocals being that way is a unique thing that then allows them to borrow more. I feel from like the thrash lineage without it feeling like thrash there is that cause there's, there is so much of the thrash vocabulary in their music. Mm-hmm. Um, skank beats everywhere, blah, 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 blah. Where if you listen to like the cannibal corpse record that came out around the same time, like they, they avoid like skank beats, like it's a fucking plague, you know, or even Nile, like Nile doesn't, right. Doesn't do those kind of beats. You know, anytime you do hear like a, a, a skank beat, it's, it's, at such a high tempo, it's more like a slow blast beat. You know, it's not it's not pulling on the same thing, you know? Um, and so why do the vocals work? This is what I think might actually, like, change how you view them. Um, so the fact that the vocals aren't um, d- very dynamic or varied in tone. Like he doesn't do a bunch of highs and lows. Like it's really just the one, the very monotone, the very one, like the, the one pitch. Totally. Yeah. Um, just lots of like interesting rhythms and intensity. Right. Yeah. Um, but that creates, but him not varying, it creates this really interesting effect as if the whole entire band is a single instrument and nothing stands out too much. Yeah. Okay. It's very similar to Mashuga. I don't agree with that. But I, I, I see what you're saying with it. I just don't think that Mashuga is that way. Well, I mean, well, in the, in the sense that the singer has a very monotone 
consistent vocal line, you know? Like, the only thing that's really changing is the rhythm and the length. It's just that what Jens is doing is higher is is higher pitch than what Frank does. Yeah. I don't know. I would I would maybe argue that somehow that allows him to be more expressive in a weird way. That, that allows Jens to be more expressive in some way. Sure. Uh, I see the similarities, though. I see what you're getting at. Yeah, and I, I feel like they, they, they get a similar thing done with the dials turned in different proportions in different ways, you know? Because... Yeah, Mashuga is Mashuga is tuned lower than they are. Right. Is is essentially a melodic, um, and so that register that Jens is singing in makes more sense, right? Whereas Suffocation still does still ha- I mean still has like solos in a traditional sense. Still has like riffs that go into the upper register. Still has you know mm-hmm. harmonies and you know and and all those types of things. So it makes sense for the vocals to be lower to get that same just onslaught, you know, brutal, consistent thing happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I love how goddamn aggressive the vocals are, how intense, like it, it feels like he's pissed. Does uh, it? To me, it does. Hmm. It might be because I've seen frank live you've seen him do it you've seen the fucking so, spit coming out of his mouth and the right and and he's like a real like physical imposing dude and i've watched like old footage of him and so maybe i attach it to that um but but like i feel it in a way i don't feel a lot of other extreme vocals it 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 feels you know <laughs> like uh intense in a different way. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, it just doesn't feel that different to a lot of other death metal vocals to me. Where, like, it sounds like he's trying to make a certain type of sound, but the impression that I get is that he's not having to try very hard to do that, which is the exact opposite of what you're saying. But I don't doubt that he's putting forth effort, if that makes sense. Well, it's just, it's 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 not about the effort. Like it um, almost sounds breathier than I would imagine it to be. I mean, it might be because there wasn't a rule book on how to do this, you know. When he figured out how to, like, literally, no one right. knew how to sound like he did. Sure, and they're if they're trying to sound different than other bands, like it stands to reason that they would get there to some extent. Right. It's just that to my ear, it doesn't do enough different. I guess I don't know. Um, like to me, it's very, um, yeah, I don't know how, how better to say it, but like, it sounds like he's, it sounds like he's grunting in a way that isn't particularly like he's trying to put forth effort into it. He just wants to create a sound. Which, I mean, I guess which is the point of a singer. Yes, obviously. But. Right. I mean, maybe that is kind of part of it or something like that. Or like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Another thing that's possible is like, maybe that maybe you haven't spent enough time listening to death metal so and and like to hear like the different to like hear what does set his way of doing it yeah so okay because i i i want this is not a genre of music that you typically listen like 
you know. Yeah, for sure. Like, like I don't have a lot of experience in a lot of the uh, uh, different <clears throat> varieties. Yeah, you wouldn't consider yourself a death metal fan. Definitely not a connoisseur, or definitely not a uh, passing fan either. <laughs> right. You like some things. You you like some things that death metal does. Yeah, but, some things that maybe are death metal adjacent or have taken things from death metal, so on and so forth. But right, uh, very little, if any, actual death metal. Um, I don't, I don't know that any of that's going to change my mind here. I just kind of don't like, and that's the vocals. A, that's okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't hate you, uh, because I, I can appreciate that they are different. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that it does anything for me. That's kind of all it right. is. Right. And I, I bet it that's almost like a little challenge for me to almost sort of like, all right, let me I'm gonna like here's here's how this band does gutter rolls and here's how this band does it, and here's how this band does it. And like put them all next to each other and yeah. and then you'd be like, oh okay. Well uh, I mean I, I, I see how I see why that's different than those and why you would you Richard, because I know you like intense shit, why you <laughs> would prefer that and why that would mean more to you. Right. Than that or that. So one interesting thing to do with this though, is that you put a death song on this list. Mm-hmm. And I quite like that song. I knew you would. I knew you would. And the vocals are not at all. They have similarities. Blech, they don't. Here, there's a couple, five percent. <laughs> let's be let's be extremely <laughs> conservative here. The only similarities they were recorded more so. <laughs> All right, well, maybe the microphone they used was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like there's so much more dynamism going on in that song, vocally especially, to me. So, um, so the, I. <clears throat> So, okay. So the reason that the death song is on here is, this is going to be a weird pivot, but so I put the, 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 that song on here as a reference to the drumming, Mm -hmm. um, because that death album is, um, came out the same year as this. Right. Um, <coughs> as Effigy. But that that death album, Human, is a watershed moment for for death metal as a whole because it's it like the production went up a notch and the playing went up a notch because, you know, like Chuck had like a rotating lineup almost. Like every album seemed to have different people on yeah. it. He kind of was the consistent member of that band right and and so on human you have um you have sean reinert on drums you have steve Giorgio. Giorgio. these i've these are so many names i haven't said out loud <laughs> oh my god i feel like such an ass like i read the about these all the time he's playing in slayer now plays fretless bass all this sort of shit oh shit okay. um and um right and Paul Mazdaval on on guitar um all like technically speaking these guys are just on another planet and they were also 
very familiar with the jazz fusion language. All of these guys. I feel and, like I can pick up on that. And they brought that in to that sound. Okay. Mm, okay. And now to me, <clears throat> what that did is that like kind of pushed death metal to, you know, to me, it's arguable that this album human is like the first technical death metal album. And it pushed death metal into like a more technical direction. And because if you compare that to say like, like some of the napalm death stuff that I showed you, yeah, you know, like the the grind core that's like just go for it. What they're doing on death on human, on that song is so it's a different universe, you know. It's a different intention, you know. It's right. a totally different thing, you know. Right. But this is the thing, um, you can't. No one can play. There's only one person who play like Sean Reinhardt, and that's Sean Reinhardt. So you weren't you weren't going to you weren't going to be able to do that, um, yeah. And that isn't that wasn't going to work with most music, mo most other stuff anyway. So you had all these people, uh, you know, you had all these all these drummers and all these musicians, you know. Well, drum I'll speak to drummers specifically. All these yeah. drummers trying to like, okay, well, how do I get beyond just the brutality and the intensity, and add like this technicality and this flair and all this ear candy and stuff. And to me, the way that Doug Bone does it on Pierce from Within is like that's it. That's the template. That is the exact way to do it. That is death metal drumming compositionally perfected. Because you have incredible grooves, like the grooves feeling, you know, like the feel on the grooves is so good. Um, you have other death metal bands that try to play slow stuff before, but the but it but the feel is trash. It feels stiff and gross, um, and not so like a, on, like a cadaver. It's ugh, it's because these guys had to put so much effort into playing double bass the way that they did, you know, in fucking nineteen ninety or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't have time to like, right? You know. And I don't know if it's like a New York thing. I don't know what it is, but I know that like when it, when they groove on this record on Pierce from Within, it fucking grooves. Yeah. Um. So you have that. Um. You have all of the. You have long double bass runs. You have blast beats. You have suffo blasts. You have skank beats. You have six eight played really really well. Yeah. Um. And you have, and then you have all of this ear candy, all of these like ghost notes, all these cool symbol things. All of it is all here on this, on Pierce from Within. To me, it's it's one of my favorite. It it is up there, and and I feel like it is like the best example of that. And so I wanted to put a death song from from that album to kind of like, because I feel like what Doug did is he took like Effigy of the Forgotten, and and then what Sean. Sean Reiner did on human and he split the difference down the middle. I see. And he's like, I'm going to do, because this is the thing is like <laughs> Pierce from within is incredible compositionally, but it, it feels a little more attainable. Um, and it's, t and this is the thing too, is like, it's technical, but it's never like, it's never, it never distracts from the music. It never gets too brainy. Mm. Um, 
and Sean's playing definitely definitely does get there. Like he's 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 letting you know that that he's a really really good drummer. And and D- Doug that not not so much on Pierce from Within. Like Pierce from Within is like brutality and songwriting first, but still has all that technical ear candy, you know, and all of the syncopation and all of that stuff is 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 in there too. But it's it's not as it's not as front and center as the way that it is on. I can see that. Yeah, I, th- I think I can pick that up. And so th- that's why I had that on here. But I I knew I would because this is the thing too. You know what the album was that I realized like maybe I just fucking like death metal. It was human. It, exactly. So right. Maybe give that one a few spins, and that might be your gateway. Um. Because it's an incredible work. It's one. It's one of the best. Like, you know, it just. It's just that I. That's not my preference now. Mm-hmm. But as a guitar player, yeah, you'll fucking love that record. <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's just a lot to grab onto there. I think there's so much. There, you you can really like all of the death stuff is really really good and really fun it's it's fun to listen to in a way that most death metal is not fun to listen to right uh that uh hmm. we'll come back to that i think okay uh oh shit i'm looking at the wrong thing um all right. Uh... Oh, but anyway, so we, we kind of yeah. got here via the vocals. Um, okay. And I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit about the lyrics. Okay, uh, yeah. Because maybe we, we won't need to talk a whole lot about that. Um, f- as far as... Okay, so, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to ask, like, do, do you... What do you think about the lyrics on these albums in general? Like, do you know them? Do you um, seek them out? I know some of them. I know some of them. And, and you, you, like, whenever I am learning these songs and I like am at that last stage, I guess that's when I will really start to dig into the lyrics. Cause it helps me just kind of like, Oh, okay. This is like, it helps you like place yourself in the song. Yes. And it, and it also is almost, it almost makes sense because these songs don't have like the way these arrangements are. It's not like, you know, they're not traditionally structured with like verse, chorus, verse, bridge outro right it almost makes sense to sort of like uh, think of suffocation songs as like you know intro pre stanza one (laughs) post stanza one stanza two post stanza two you know it it, because they do have repeating structures at times but they're at times they usually can't from what i've heard on this playlist at least they can't be constrained to this is a chorus very rarely or this is a verse this is something that's going to repeat in the same way but differently it's just they'll do this thing maybe once again over here right you the all like there's a there's very few verses <laughs> um you yeah. know there, there there's a verse in as grace descends um pierce from within ha, ha, has a definite verse that happens twice um you know but yeah it's and and so that's a part of like when I'm learning these songs is to is to sort of, you know, read over the lyrics and whatnot. But but yeah. So did you spend some time with the lyrics? Yeah, I read through like as I was listening to on my 
I guess my third listen of of the playlist. I listened to each song and then went through and read all the lyrics. Okay. Because, uh, you know, at a cursory, not a glance, but like a, a quick listen, I guess, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever a small listen is called, um, I was like, but boy, these sound like death metal lyrics. <laughs> and boy, was I right. <laughs> and boy, are they. Uh, and that's fine. Right. I don't care about them, but that's totally fine. Nothing against it. I what I do, what I can say that I like about it is I feel like it is it's very like what you see is what you get and I don't feel yeah, like exactly. You know, like there even no- on that live record, like Frank is like <laughs> This song's about killing people cuz that's what I like to do. <laughs> it's called Thrones of Blood. <laughs> <laughs> And, Holy shit! And Frank, buddy. So, <laughs> and, and I guess like what I like about it is that it feels like it's very, yeah, it's very like what you see is what you get, and there's not there's not other weird shit laced into it. <laughs> like they didn't do anything bad instead. <laughs> well, well, like what I mean is so like a few episodes ago. Or I don't I don't know what episode it was, but but we I I brought up that malevolent creation album, like the one where like right. in the end of it the dude drops like a hard R. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and like so it doesn't feel like suffocation gets anywhere close to that kind of stuff. Like it's very much like, yeah, man, I'm talking about like cutting people up wearing their skin and shit <laughs> you know yeah like, like despite me going like holy fuck like that's what we're talking about but i know exactly what you mean also it's not like well these kinds of people are vermin it's it's never that um and so like on some stupid like in some in the in the weirdest most detached possible way it's like oh it's not very hate filled yeah but like also <laughs> what are you talking about here <laughs> well, but but i know i know exactly what you mean it's, well, it's like if you wanted to draw like a, a a film like or like you know like there's a difference between <clears throat> like the political overtone the potential political overtones of a movie like you know, Friday the 13th or Halloween um, or Reanimator or something um, or Hellraiser even versus a film like Falling Down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and like that, I don't think that they're trying to, the, the, there's nothing, like they don't, <laughs> I, that, that's, I, I appreciate it staying in that, in the gore lane, <laughs> you know, the like, you know, it's death metal, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is, I don't know if mindless is the right word, but like, it's not, it's like overly generalized to like a ridiculous degree. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not targeted. It's not. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's not specifically personal. It's very impersonal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite yeah. like talking about a person or whatever you know right. yeah 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 and that's like that's like it's that's, that's, that's like the death metal shtick you know very much it is it feels like a shtick it, it almost feels like these lyrics are here because they have to be here 
Well, to and some like, extent. That's the thing that like that's part of it, and it's like it's, we're doing death metal. We have to do the death metal lyrics. Well, and like that's kind of the thing that I like about it mm-hmm. is, and that's that kind of goes with the stage presence you get with death metal of being kind of stoic, yeah, and kind of detached. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying that uh, derogatorily, even just like. An observation. Right, because you can't, like, go out on stage and, like, m- mean these lyrics the way that, like... I hope not. <laughs> that, like, Jonathan Davis would mean his lyrics in the mid-90s. Right. Or, you know the, what I mean? These lyrics, I think, by and large, aren't coming from the heart. <laughs> yeah, like... As it were. And again, like, that's kind of this this contradiction of the band that propels it, is that... You have someone who like sat down and really thought about the poetry of evisceration, like a very like cerebral, like thought out aspect about something that is like just like just primal and uncomfortable and gross. And then you deliver it vocally in a way that's like just a sound, but then you do it in this complicated rhythm. And this is a thing. (laughs) <laughs> how crazy these arrangements of these fucking songs are like technically from like a you know like fucking frank has to know this shit inside and out <laughs> you know yeah and, and so it's just more of that like contradiction that that makes it so fascinating and makes it really really work um right and I think that's what another one of the things that like makes me keep coming back to it. Um, and just it being just this inexhaustible well for me. Um, cause there's just layers upon layers upon layers. Mm. And yeah. So, but like, that's kind of, like, it's, it's, <laughs> we've, we've talked about this before, but a lot of times the way that vocals function in a, in a genre of music is, 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 is to, is like, you're not welcome here. If you don't like this, this ain't for you, you know? Right. Um, the, it's, it's meant to be like an anti hook in, in a way, um, in some ways it's, it's a, it is a, it is a barrier to entry. Um, yeah. And And so, I mean, like these guys were trying, and that's the thing too, is like, we sit in a weird spot because by the time that we started to get into extreme music, death metal was not cool anymore. Like in the, you know, now it was all, it's all about black metal. Like black metal was the thing, was the hip new extreme thing. And like, so this idea of like cookie monster vocals was already seemed kind of like almost lame when we started to get into into extreme music you know yeah uh, yeah yeah i think you're right uh i just i just don't know that that would i don't know that any that me being from any different era would change my i think it's just completely subjective for me i think i just don't like the way that that sounds and that's cool uh, yeah yeah like for better or worse right 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 that's right, just right, how right. They, how i feel about it and i don't know that any timing would have help me or hurt me with right. that, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, you remember that that Doom band I showed you, Warning? Yeah. 
Lots of people hate those fucking volumes. Oh, I can imagine. You know? Like, I heard that, and I was like, this is... If I thought anything, I was like, this is fucking divisive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. But it's just what happened that I loved it. Right, 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 right. Uh, and that's probably how this was at first, too, when people fucking heard it, so... Sure, sure, sure. Um, But, uh... Yeah, so, so the... I, yeah, I didn't have a whole lot like in, I didn't, insightful or anything to say about the lyrics, but like oh yeah, that's what I, we're talking about. I, yeah, I was just kind of curious what you how you viewed them and how you engaged with them if you engaged with them at all. I, I don't engage with them the way that I engage with other lyrics, um, right? Because there's like the, you can't do a lot with what's here versus like what you can do with like Machine Head or something like that. There's nothing to grab onto in the same way, and they're not meant to be that exactly. And and I think that that is another aspect of it that makes this band so fascinating to me is that I've I've I normally don't feel music this hard that I'm not connecting with the lyrics on. Sure, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because normally lyrics are an extremely important part of that process, but the vocals are still an absolute important like. The vocals and the delivery are still an absolutely essential, important part of of the experience, you know, um, yeah. and why I feel this music the way that I feel it. If you had different vocals, or if you had if you had like it going all over the place, like you know, like lows and mids and highs and scoops and you know and all that sort of stuff, like it would be distracting. And it would it would take away from this like hypnotic brutality that it has. I, I mean, I th- I feel like I do see what you mean by that because it does it plays into the whole the the composition as a whole. Right. I, right. I, I do see that. Yeah. Like imagine. I mean, imagine if like you know, fucking gins and Meshuga, Like you know, every third song there was a bridge where he sang like Dio. Or something. I'm pretty fucking sick. <laughs> but it would it, it might it might it might lose some momentum. <laughs> yeah, it would it would not be a Meshuggah song anymore. Mm-hmm. Is the is the point I think. Right. Um, <clears throat> Dio's pretty cool though. Dio's great. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So I guess that was yeah that was kind of my main. Thing. I, I just kind of wanted to know like what you thought about it and how you how gotcha. you how you felt about that. Uh. I was very curious, especially after um, which song? I think maybe after "Cycles of Suffering" is it when it really popped into my head. I was like, "Is is um, is Frank Mullen the uh, the inspiration that Brendan Small took for Nathan Nathan Explosion?" <laughs> because. Damn, is there like an uncanny resemblance? <laughs> and it turns out the answer is no. Uh, I think it was I think it was like Corpse Grinder, uh, from from what I could tell. Uh, but but fuck, dude. But like, boy, who, this like who, who is Corpse Grinder taking? You know, like because Corpse Grinder's on one of these fucking songs here. Is he really on Effigy? Yeah, oh, man. Hey, man. Yeah, I forget which one it is because I'm a I'm I'm not a real metal <laughs> I'm a fan. bad fan. Yeah, it's in Mass Obliteration. Um whatever it doesn't matter and so uh, what i'm talking about is de- the singer from death clock yes the, the fictional band backup vocals on re and mass obliteration by george corpse grinder 
of monstrosity. There we go. Um, there we go. But yeah, like just listening to to some of this, I was like, boy, that sounds like the same like tone of voice and type of delivery mm-hmm. that Death Clock has. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just Brendan Small doing the vocals as in character, sort of. Uh, but damn, it sounds so similar. Well, in a lot I of ways. Mean, I was like, is that where you got inspiration from? And yeah. assuredly, in some regard, because I'm there, I'm not as versed in i've listened to it like here and there but i just i just don't feel super competent about like you know early cannibal corpse mm. and and like the real differences between the chris barnes era and the corpse grinder era but um what i can say <laughs> is that some of those later or more recent cannibal corpse records are goddamn fucking amazing. Like, they are so good. And, you know, George is, of course, legend, top shelf, all that, all those things. Yeah. So, known uh, for a reason. Yeah. Known, known for a reason. And all these guys are really nice guys, too. Um, I think, I think he's the dude who plays wow a lot. He is. Is he? That's he, it, right? That's yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's done like whole interviews about like how much he likes playing WoW. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's adorable. Just, a, just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's just, yeah, he's good a, shit. Yeah, he's a great dude. Um. Uh, so more in like my random things that make it make the band special. Um, their use of odd time and odd sounding phrases is so unique. Yeah, <laughs> feels really, and it feels really, really organic. Yeah. And um, it feels like it's very much like based on the sound. Like, well, no, this is just how I hear it. Like, you get that sense of it. Like, well, this is just how I want it to sound. It doesn't feel like it's counted out. Not that they, not that I'm saying they can't fucking count or whatever. That's not what I'm fucking saying. Um, but, like, you know, but like as, as a point of contrast, like, you listen to like Dream Theory or you even listen to like some of the, de- the death stuff on the human. Like, it feels like playing in seven because they want to play in seven yeah or they're playing in 13 because they want to play in 13 when suffocation does it they're like no that's just i just wanted this is how the riff needs just needed a little more that one time <laughs> you know right just and, throw a little bit on the end of this one and it happens to be a different right or yeah. we're gonna end the riff on you know like the riff is you know, I'm not going to end the riff on a downbeat. I'm going to end the riff on this note. You know, like, I feel like there's a lot of things that they do that way where, where a phrase, uh, you know, where it feels like a section starts early because it's starting on a particular note in the sequence of the riff that makes sense as opposed to starting on, you know, after four beats or whatever. Mm. There's a, there's a, it's there's a specific spot that that in Thrones of Blood that makes me think of that, um, but yeah, so that's a thing that I don't know is that a thing that that you noticed, like just how fucking odd. <laughs> I mean, I noticed like because even you brought up after I after I went back and looked like all the six eight stuff that they do and just sort of they it's all it all feels very uh, uh it all feels very natural within the context of each song. Right. Like they just kind of go into the next feel and it just, it feels, it always feels good. 
Yeah, and like how effortlessly, like especially on a song like like Cycles of Suffering, that might be like the fucking <laughs> the ultimate example of like I don't know how money like it's a tour of beats. It's like all of the beats, <laughs> all of the all of the things you can do in metal. And they just go around and do all of it and tie it together seamlessly in a fucking, you know, four minute song. Yeah. Like one of my one of my notes from that was like my hand aches just from imagining <laughs> playing the song <laughs> because there's just so much happening. Dude, and every fucking song of theirs is like that. And, and it's just one after another. There's no ballad in the middle of the set for shit to slow down. It's just all this for an hour. And it's the best. <laughs> well, so that kind of leads to one of my well, I had a bit of a realization and then I had a, a sort of a summary, which was also a realization. But we'll get to that at the end. Uh, but one of my realizations is of what, like, because I still, for as much as I enjoyed listening to this mm-hmm. and have enjoyed listening to the death metal stuff, I would still not call myself a death metal fan. And there's still things I just don't like about some of it. Right. That just doesn't hit me the right way, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I think one of the things is that extremely apropos of a band named Suffocation, <laughs> there's just no room for things to breathe sometimes. There's always just there's no air yeah available. There's no space a lot of times. And I think one of like one of the things I realized is like I really that's one of the things I really look for, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm. in a lot of music. Uh and that's just not the MO for a lot of death metal. Right, because whenever whenever the there's space in the guitar, like you know, gong 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 then the then the drums. Somebody goes. else is like, wait a minute, me, 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 me. Yeah. Or bass or vocals or whatever. Right. There's always something going fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what it is. And I think another thing that's interesting about them too is that they're also a band. It's another reason that seeing them live is so amazing is because you know, it, it's like seeing Michelle live. Like you don't need to know fucking dick about any of these songs. Like, you just, right. oh, that's that kind of beat. Let me fucking go. Oh, that's that kind of beat. Oh, we're stopping. Okay, gung, 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 gung. Now another beat, you know? And and so you just, you can just totally turn your mind off and just rage, you know? Um, and so it it's different than a lot of the music that we gravitated towards when we were younger, which was very much, you know, listener, listener experience first of how does this feel when you listen to it on headphones in your room and this dynamic journey and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a journey. Um, not in that way, for sure. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, not, not like that. Like this, it, it's, um, it's, it's a totally different kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And and a lot of it, I think, is, it, it is related to, you know, like the live experience and it is related to, you know, like the way that people fucking move when they hear this music. Mm. I, I feel like that's, an, that's an, uh, an important element of it. So what what do live shows look like? I, like because when my my experience and imagining of a metal show mm-hmm. is like people are kind of grooving on the outside and then there's a pit. Is it basically the same kind of thing? Yeah, 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 more or less. Okay, you know, um, and it kind of happens at the same like cadence 
of like a typical metal show because like the song will start and maybe a couple people and then there's a, a part where the pit happens. It's a or, little. It's a little. Are there different dynamics? Is what I'm asking. I guess it's a little bit more unpredictable as to like when those what part of the song like sets it off yes okay yeah as to like when you're gonna hit those critical mass moments mm. you know of, right, of right. like oh well now we're all doing it right um, right right and like sometimes a part you may, may not expect for that to happen right Gosh. right well I, I wouldn't say that you wouldn't expect but you just you know like i don't know man like sometimes you just have a no, 10 people close enough together and they all just really like thrash really likes gank beats and so there <laughs> there it goes you know <laughs> circle pit there it's happening it's all it takes I like that powder keg and uh but yeah it's <clears throat> it's a little less it feels less like choreographed isn't the isn't there like the right word but it feels less like all right so this is the okay now you do this thing this is the kind of thing you do here it's just just more like a seething, seething like mass of activity and and intensity, you know. Okay, so just maybe a little more chaotic. Because I think what you're getting at is like, at least from my experience, a lot of times you're hearing songs that there's a part that everyone is expecting, and that is the time when the pit explodes. Right. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you get to the middle of Imperium and Rob Flynn's Circle Pit. Like that doesn't. It doesn't. That shit doesn't happen. I mean, right. So, I mean, there will be circle pits, but right. Or like when the when the solo in uh, clinching kicks yeah. in, yeah, and then yeah. people go fucking ape shit. Right. You know that's gonna happen. Right. It's not. I, I mean, there are certain sections. Like there's the there's the slam part and like liege of inveracity, and people are gonna always lose their fucking mind there because it invented an entire genre of music. <laughs> well, this is um, out of out of obligation, out of respect for that, of and, that part. But but I guess like what is interesting to me is it feels like it feels like people like people. I don't I don't know I don't really know. Um, but it's not like, it's not like, okay, this is my favorite. This is the part of, this is my favorite part of the suffocation song. It's just, yeah, all of it is your favorite part all the time. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, man. And this last show was, was really special, man. It was wild because in the, at one point I look up and everyone, cause I, I don't, I don't really like, I, I haven't like, I mean, I occasionally come out of mosh retirement, but it's not like where I, I don't, that's not what I'm there for. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, if you get sucked into it, then maybe you kind of go with it for a little it's while. It's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did, I did come out of mosh retirement at origin, you know, but that was a different vibe. That's a different thing. Um, so I'm usually like sort of like off to the side, but really close up front so that I can like, you know, do my thing, which is like scream the lyrics and headbang and do a lot of this and be up front and intense and like part of it exactly. without, without, but I want to focus on the band and the music. I don't want to focus on the pitting. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I'm kind of the same. But yeah. so I look up and like everyone, <laughs> there's like, there's like 15 people in the pit and they all have like, they're all like arm in arm and they're all just headbanging. 
<laughs> you know, I've never seen that before. And it was like, it was just so cool. And like the, like the metal version of a rocket line. <laughs> it was so amazing. Um, I don't know if they did it during Suffo's set, but they did it during Surreption set. I look up and there's 20, there's like a push-up contest. 20 people doing fucking push-ups. <laughs> you know? Because that's the thing people do now. All right. And cool. Yeah, getting getting fit. Fuck it. I, I was like, dude, it's like, this is so much more healthy than, than like people getting butt hurt because of like wanting to hurt each other harder in pits and shit like yeah. that and throwing elbows and shit like yeah. because someone pushed you too hard. Totally. Um, and big ups. So, so yeah. Uh, I talked about that, that they don't, that another thing I like, cause I love thrash metal and they don't shy away from like, they're not afraid to wear those influences on theirs. Like it feels like there's just no sort of like, they just do so many things that I love <laughs> and no other band I know does all of those things. Like they, like a lots of other bands I know, like they do like two or three of them, but they don't do all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, well they do all that, but then they don't groove or they do all that, but they don't do skank beats. So they do all that, but then they don't do chugs and, or they don't do slams and they don't do, you know, or they have like a strict, no blast beat policy. Cause you don't hear any blast beats in death's music for instance mm-hmm. none they invented death metal no blast beats in their music well they didn't invent blast metal <laughs> fuck off um but yeah so that's kind of kind of part of it yeah. um but yeah so i put the songs in the reverse i don't know if it was the right call but i put them in like the reverse chronological order right with the newest first just because I figured, like, well, if the production's cleaner, that'll make it easier for him to grab a hold of of like their their stylistic elements, and then maybe that'll carry on as like the production quality gets less and less. <laughs> because there were times when that absolutely did that absolutely was the case. So. Um, is there anything you wanted to add, or do you want to just do some some track by track and shit? Yeah, we can um, go ahead. We can go into that. Okay, so the first song on here was "As Grace Descends," mm-hmm. and this was 2013. Yeah, I think? yeah, yeah. So before Charlie joined the band, but you do have Derek and Terrence, um, and you have Dave Coolros. Oh, I think that's how you say his name. I don't know. Cole Ross, Coolros. I don't know. Cool Ross. Uh, you have him on drums. And as far as like churning out recorded performances, I think I think his performances on that record, you know, Pinnacle of Bedlam, that that might be. I think that's my favorite. Like, because that guy's on another fucking level. <laughs> Your favorite drumming performance on one of their albums? He, he, right, I think that. I well, and I mean, and you know, it, it's not really fair to compare that to like Pierce from Within, because Pierce from Within is fucking 1995. It's like 10 years or no, uh, what like eight, 18, 17, years, 18 years, 18 years, um, before that, you know, <clears throat> but like, man, that album, <laughs> Pinnacle of Bedlam, especially the drumming on that record is 
something fucking special because it is like it's technical, but it is goddamn lethal. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know how else to fucking describe it. Like it, there is a precise, like cold technical brutality to the way that he plays drums specifically that no one else quite does it. Like it's, he, and his fills are weird. His phrasing is weird. Like, like the bridge of as grace descends, like all that symbol work, Oh my God. It took me like an entire day just to transcribe like that. Just those few bars because of all of the crazy shit that he's all the crazy symbol work he's doing. Um, it's <clears throat> he's on another fucking level, man. I mad, mad respect. for that dude. <laughs> um, So yeah. So what'd you think of this song? Yeah, I think, I think that, I think your, your uh, ruse worked and, uh, because the, the main thing I noticed about this was like, yeah, the production sounds fucking great. Oh, like this is this sounds really good. Clean as fuck. Uh, I specifically like the guitar tone quite a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think I went back and wrote that in retrospect though after getting through the list because like <laughs> yeah. some of these tones, uh, there's like the mids are up to twenty. Yeah, sure. And the the the, the, the dials don't go to twenty. Sure. <laughs> I don't know how they did that, but uh, sure. yeah, the, it sounds really really fucking good on here. Yeah, man, and this um. Another thing you hear, there, there's so many interesting things in this song. I could spend like 20 minutes just breaking down all this stuff, but like, um, like that first, like post verse thrash, like the first verse, the part that comes right after it, that part still confuses the shit out of me. Um, like I've transcribed it and it still does. I'm like, that can't be right. <laughs> like I look at it, like, right? It's, I'm missing something, you know? But it is so because I, I think it's like groups of like um like groups of like like sevens, like fives and sevens or something. It it's some like weird thing, but it, it, it adds up to be eight. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But it's like it's done in just such a weird way. Anyway. Right. So cool. And then on the outro at two fifteen and like two forty five ish, you hear like this straight up like grind core like D beat kind of thing. Like, you know, like, and you don't normally hear that um, in like brutal technical kind of stuff, you know, like that, that ventures into other territory. And so it's just another like example to me of how they just, they just go between all these different sub sub genres. Like, okay. Effortlessly. Um, so that, yeah, that's stuff that I absolutely will not pick up on. Right. Uh, so yeah. Right. Cause like that, I didn't have many other notes on this song. Uh, cause yeah, I, I can't pick out stuff like that. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Completely beyond me. Sure. So, um, uh, so yeah. Talking about like brutal tech death specifically, that sort of thing. You mentioned that, um, death when you heard the death album for the first time, that was sort of shit. What did you say earlier? That was, that was the album. Where I was like, Oh shit. That I was, guess I just like death metal. Cause you like death metal. Yeah. Um, but you also said that that was sort of arguably the first technical death metal album. Right. So what would you call? So this is the album that came out at the same time, right? No, no. Effigy is effigy is. So what would you call this <clears throat> album? This is, um, because I, the reason I'm asking is because my thought was like 
Suffocation is overall a brutal tech death band. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Brutal. So but maybe they got there at a certain point. I mean, this is still technical as fuck for, you know, like, I mean. So you just consider this. There's no metric. Uh, there's no, there's need to be no qualifier. Like, okay. Effigy of the Forgotten is still technical as fuck. <laughs> um, okay. So, but yeah, this is like brutal technical death metal. Okay. Is what you would, is, is like, like suffocation or like the definitive you know, brutal because they're brutal, right? Right. Whatever that means. I, I've asked about this before and didn't get a great answer, but that's fine. Because <laughs> no one knows. It's because you can't really very like, nebulous. You can't really define it. You can only define it relative to other things. Sure. sure right. Sure. And 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 suff- comparing suffocation specifically suffocation to human, the death album, is a, is a great comparison because human is technical death metal but not brutal right and i think i can i think i can pick up on that distinction right so right okay cool cool and so i just wanted to ask that earlier because i didn't know if there were other uh nuances that i was i'm missing out on there to some probably but not to me so like (laughs) suffocation is brutal (laughs) technical death metal like from beginning to end, uh, from the beginning of their career to the end of their career, or to to, to now, um, and there there are other bands that sort of try to push the dials a little bit, like Cryptopsy. Like I there I put one of their songs on yeah. the death metal list, um, and you know, and then there's also like the death grind thing that some bands do you know but it it's the thing okay this is a good example this is a good example because i had the the idea had been floated with the uh death metal slam band i'm in to like do do some covers and they were like i was like well what about like suffocation wink 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 and they were like well <clears throat> it's all rocket science riffs <laughs> right you know so like and then, like, how about we just play this song by Benighted called Reptilian that's at 270 BPMs? <laughs> so, but the guitar... The solution it, to harder riffs was go way the fuck faster, but easier riffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the guitars aren't playing, like, the drums are playing 16th at 270 or whatever but the fucking guitar isn't gotcha the guitar is playing fucking power chords <laughs> um don't even i mean benign it's fucking amazing that song's amazing i'm not yeah. shitting on that but, but like eighth notes versus tremolo picking or whatever it's but like <clears throat> suffocation's riffs are technical as fuck um deceptively so because you don't right you don't like really realize how much is going on there until you like try to play them usually. And that's probably the case. Cause that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier where it's like, I could write this cause some of it, some of it just sounds really simple where it's just like, like I could probably write something like that, but I'm sure. And it's and in hearing the way that the composition is framed and they put everything together. There's something there that is not that is like you said deceptively 
uh, it, the arrangements more, more difficult. The way that they put the songs together is is truly masterful, and it is nebulous, and I barely understand it after having transcribed twelve other songs. I still don't fucking get it. You know, yeah. Um, it's there's it's weird. I don't you know, uh, but it's fucking genius as far as I'm concerned. And like how they're able to do that, do that. And a lot of it is like, it's not just the individual riffs. It's how all of it comes together. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Um, as an interesting little aside here, kind of pointing to that. So <clears throat> this is, so this was their first record. Okay. Um, well, I have I have all of them. Uh, so and then a pile over there on the floor. So okay, so this was the first one. The very well, this is like demos and shit, right? This is human waste, and this is what got them signed, actually, I believe. And so, you know, these so infecting the crypts. Um, I think yeah, and mass obliteration. Jesus wept. <sighs> Reincremation. These would all end up on Effigy of the Forgotten, right? Okay. Yeah. Synthetically yeah. revived would end up on Pierced from Within. Catatonia would end up on Despise the Sun, which is where the song Funeral Inception was, you know. And so, and then here's what else is really fascinating. So they release Effigy of the Forgotten. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then two years later, for whatever fucking reason, they didn't, um, they weren't given the budget they needed to record Breeding the Spawn right. at Morris Sound Studios. And that wherever the fuck they recorded, anyway, this, this, it is, it is known, it is understood that this record sounds like shit. Mm. Okay. Right. It's bad. Um, but like, this is where the song Breeding the Spawn is. You know, like that's its first appearance. And so the production on this is so bad. It's just that what they started doing is they started every album after this one. They pick a track and they re-record it. <laughs> nice. And it's almost always like the last track on the album. So, yeah. Oh, so like fucking brilliant. Breeding the Spawn, you know, and then you, um, let me see. Hold on. Uh, is it, is it this one? Is it beginning of sorrow? Yep. So on, you know, on pinnacle of bedlam, it's beginning of sorrow and, you know, and so on, on, on of the dark light, it's epitaph to the credulous and all the sorts of, and so this is, this is the point I'm getting to. They always fit. They don't seem out of place. Right. Like the thing that was clearly dragging that down was the production. And it, and it, and not it, the songwriting. Exactly. Or, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. means that the songwriting has been there since the fucking beginning. Right. Since they were children. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know? And, and that, again, just another thing that, like, <sighs> because what other fucking band would that make sense? You know, like. Oh, let's take a song off of the demo and, and put it on the record we made twenty years into our career, and and yeah, and it it works, it, it makes sense. Yeah, you know, like it's just at like songwriting wise, it's just as brutal and as intense 
as everything here, the only thing that was holding it up was recording quality. Right. And and I and that is a that's another layer to what is fascinating about them is that in a way they like haven't evolved. Yeah, They've like just gotten better at doing that thing. Yeah, exactly. Like I was gonna say, in some, in some arenas, in some like genres, that would be a huge negative because like you, it would, it would just be ACDC at that point. You've been making the same fucking album for thirty years, right? But like, if that's what you're going for, right, and you're just getting better at doing it, then what, that's not a knock anymore, right? Well, and each and it's it's. It's fascinating to me too because each album does have its own individual character, um, and I guess part of it is because of the production or whatever. But it, it's 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 just amazing that they just drop these fucking like this twenty year old song in there, and it's like, oh, perfect, that's awesome, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, just think about because we've been talking about it lately. Like, think about Machine Head doing that. Yeah. Think about them taking an al- a song from Supercharger to Burning Red and re-recording it and putting it on fucking Locust. Right. Or like, or if they took something from Completely like... Completely out of place. Like if they took like something off of The More Things Change, right? And put that on, you know, The Burning Red. Put one of those on Supercharger. Yeah. One even of that, those on... Something that close, yeah. Ashes. One of those on da-da-da-da-da. Right. It'd be fucking... It like, would it be would, a... Tra- it would nonsense. It would totally not fit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is like a weird, like backhanded compliment almost. Or like you can do this. That's fucking cool. In it, in it to me, because like I think that it's one of the reasons it, it it's so impressive is because death metal is like so technical and it's all about like pushing the fucking limits and pushing the envelope and blah 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 blah. And then whenever you like track a song that is fucking, you know. 20 some odd years old and it holds its own against what other people are writing and releasing and in present day in present day like and it and it holds its own with like the best shit that you could come up with too (laughs) you know like where you're at writing wise too right you know um, cause I I don't wanna I don't wanna like make it sound like all their albums are the same because they're definitely not there's yep. there's lots of um yeah they're not acdc no 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 whose albums are the same each album has a very very unique thumbprint to it but still there's that but there's still that continuity i guess um all right uh, also i want to say like yeah. this um is this the like original art for this and everything? I I I think that was like so I think that that got re-released when they got when they went to relapse after being dropped from Roadrunner. Oh, okay. So I thought I think that was like a self-release demo. Okay. So I don't know what the original artwork was. Cuz like this is like some death metal ass art. This is fine. But uh maybe better than most actually. Uh but this is like really classy. This is really nice. This oh, old yeah. back. Like I really <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this back of human waste. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I, sure. I don't know. I don't it's just um, really well done. It's it's interesting and and uh, classy in a way. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. I, you, you're not wrong. I don't know the release. Okay. The, the release uh, history of of that particular one. I know that it was like their demo, and I know that was what got them signed. Um, it's trickier too with the vinyls because the vinyl, a lot of the vinyls have been reprinted, but the CDs haven't. Right. So, like you'll notice here, 
on the Pierce from Within vinyl, like this says like, oh, listenable records, right? Which is, <laughs> I know it's dumb. That's it's, really good. It's a, it's, a, it's a label, I think, in France. Um, but these CDs, the, the, you know, like the, the Breathe, Spawn, Pierce from Within, Effigy, like these still say Roadrunner. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these are, you know, this one was actually, I had to pay more than you should have to pay for a CD to get that one. Um, <laughs> cause I'm into that shit. Uh, right on. all right. Uh, so, I mean, I got lots of notes on other stuff. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, we, in, we entrails. Can, yeah. We can just go down the, the list. If okay. you want. Um, wrap that shit up. Yeah. I didn't have a whole lot on this one either, but I did notice the, <sighs> Maybe it's just my broken brain recently, but the 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 uh, breakdown like sounded pretty machine heady in a lot of ways to me. Oh yeah, you you're not wrong. Okay, you're not wrong. Okay. Yeah, especially like the yeah 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 yeah. But but also just like the feel and the rhythm and everything, the the speed and all that stuff. Another thing that I like about them is that they they will hang out in a mid tempo. Yeah. That that and a lot of other. You know, death metal bands and shit. Well, there's a live version of Entrails of You with Eric on it, and 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 he triples the double bass. He 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 goes, you know, because you got the sixteenth notes, you know, you know, and then he, you know, does his shit and like, you know, Jesus goes from goes from you know like sixteenths at like one forty or one fifty to like sex tuplets at that speed or whatever, you know, so. It sounds it's the it's the same like mechanism in breeding the spawn right that in that live version so it's pretty rad um so this one has Mike Smith on drums which is the OG um because yeah so Mike Smith was there and then he left when they did Pierce from Within and then he came back for their reunion in like two thousand one and was there for like a decade and then left again hasn't been back since. Um, so of course, everyone, you know, lots, there's lots of people on there. Like still, there's lots of people. So it's like, Oh, Mike, Mike was better, you know, whenever. Right. <laughs> um, but I've, I, I wanted to put, I want, I, I chose entrails of you for several reasons to put on here, but one was because it's like, all right, this is, this is Mike Smith doing Mike Smith shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a good better production than like what you hear on effigy so uh but yeah just absolute fucking furious madman drumming on <laughs> on this and it's it's different than like what dave does what well, within what dave corals does you know because his is very like clinical and surgical and this just this just feels like i don't i don't i don't know how to describe it man but it's just yeah. It's different. Yeah it 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 feel it it's the it feels like the Dave Lombardo thing. Like I I feel like Mike Smith's like the Dave Lombardo of death metal. Okay, I got you. You know, it's like oh that that's about to go off the tracks, and it never does. <laughs> right. You know, like, like it's just going for it the whole time. Like he knows the riffs inside and out. He can sing them to you. He can sing them while he's playing all that. But he is just going, <laughs> going for it. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm gonna play that part that I worked out really well in rehearsal. Nope, he is fucking going for it because like even the choruses are different drum parts like it you know it's like this this is one of the only suffocation songs that actually has a chorus but the drums are very different right. in, in each one of the choruses because mike smith don't give a fuck <laughs> so uh, 
that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that does. There is a chorus. It's goofy as hell, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, live, Frank would say this was a love song. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, you would say that. Yeah, I tried writing a love song, and but I ended up cutting her off and chopping people up because that's what I like to do. That's <laughs> what I do. It's what I do in my spare time. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I guess he sounds like that just talking normally. Yeah, it's okay. like Long Island shit or whatever. Okay. Uh, all right, so intros. Did you have anything on that one? That was all I had pretty much oh, okay. on that one. Yeah. All right, Funeral Inception. Uh, Yeah, this... Uh, I think I noticed a lot of drumming stuff on here. Oh, interesting. Uh, there was just a lot of really cool, like double bass stuff going on mm-hmm. that that I could hear. And there was a sort of really interesting, like sort of galloping thing mm. going on at around like the one thirty eight mark. <laughs> I don't know if that means much to you. Means- I have I have a lot of timestamps in here. I don't know if you'll know them. I, I'm sure I'll know the part. I mean, not, not, I don't, oh, hold on. Like, you know, I mean, I need to hear Because it. I did very quickly realize that I couldn't just say in the chorus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, this chorus fucking rips. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. So 138 Funeral Inception. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I didn't expect that to pop up, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so what would you, would you call that galloping? Because that's kind of what it reads as to me. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I don't know what a better word for that. So, it is funny, though, because, like, was what that is, and you also hear that same beat in, um, God, is it Effigy or Infect? I think it's in Infecting the Crips mm. on Effigy to figure out, but it's like this. I'll do you know do it slow. Right. Yeah. So it's like you know, but and then you know like one and a two and a three and a four and a one and a two and yeah. a three and a four, right? Um, but just fast, right? Mm-hmm. And so, okay. <laughs> there's this YouTube um, drummer, as you six uh, six famous, and he did like this really popular like blast. Yeah, like, here's all the different blast beats videos, you know, video like years ago. It's real fun. But so if you take that and you and you make it to where it's like a triplet, like, you know, like that or whatever, he calls that the diarrhea blast. <laughs> so, uh, but, but anyway, yeah, not, not, not what Dave is doing, but yeah, it is kind of like a gallop. Um, That's the feel that it gives off at least. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think of, um, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's a gallop. I'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, yeah, and there were other... Uh, elsewhere, there were just like, like a lot of cool mini fills here and there. I think somewhere towards the end, especially. For sure. There was one where he was just like... Ka-doom! And that was it for a second, and I just thought that was probably really funny. Right, right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there was like some... I don't know what, how to describe it, but there was like symbol... I, I said symbol flaring, where mm-hmm. he's just like... That yeah. happens a couple times, and it's like kind of unexpected because it doesn't. Gunk, 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 gunk. Yeah, I think I know. What probably like that's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. What, what always catches me about this song is really all the, um, just all the odd time in it, and all the extra beats, and you know, mm. like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three. You know, like the the, in, the intro is like, like six, six, five. I think is what it is. Um, but it's just, 
and that's all all over the but it's like that's the other thing too is like you don't really you don't need to know that it's odd to get it and to move to it right you only you only realize it when you try to play it right um, right or you try to write that shit out uh yeah so yeah such a cool song yeah most of these songs they always play live still hmm. um all right so this was the song like if there's one song on here that i was like robert's gonna fucking like this one funeral inception uh, I, I, we're moving on uh, now. Thrones. Did you have more to say about it? No, that was all I had. But yeah, there's one song that I was like, Robert's gonna fucking like this one. Thrones of Blood. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was uh Did you have a particular reason for that? Um because it's it, it it's a little more um it's a little more patient <laughs> <laughs> than the other songs. It's it's the only song without a blast beat. Very observant of you. <laughs> it's it's slower. It, it sits in a slower tempo than most of it. I mean, yeah, the middle of it speeds up, but it only it it's still on the 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 lower end of a thrash tempo. Not on the lower end. It's still fast, but it's not like it's more in the like one ninety to two hundred. It's it's just it's just cruising, you know, cruise control. Um. It's not like as Grace Descends, which is more like two ten, you know. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, like it's just a little more. I don't know, and it has like a cool fucking guitar solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. Like, that was one of the notes that I made, and there was there were a lot of really just cool, interesting changes going on. Uh, like as I put, there was a particularly cool transition. Uh, out of halftime, around about a minute. Uh, into something else again yeah i don't know if, uh, keep talking yeah, yeah. well i'm here this now yeah yeah god damn i love frank's vocals so much so um because i was talking about like um let's see where is it Right. So that right there, to me, that's like a good example of like these transitions that they do yeah. that don't land on like the one. Okay. I'm talk- okay. I'm talking about like 142 ish on uh, Thrones of Blood. Okay. Okay. I'll see if I could hit it for you one more time. Right there. Like, it's not like. It's not because it was like five hits, like dun 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 dun. Yeah. Dun. Uh huh. But it's it but but hangs. where what where that phrase starts doesn't start on a downbeat, right? It's not like dun 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 dun. You know, it's like on an upbeat. I think it happens on beat four or something mm, like that. Okay. So, but I I get the impression that you know like oh well because that's the note that it made sense on guitar to change the riff there, you know, and shit like that. Right. So, right, right, right. Um, that's what I remember thinking when I was looking at the guitar part of it. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I, there was a particularly cool like part at around two thirteen where they go in and out of a groovy sort of part, mm-hmm, back and mm-hmm, forth mm-hmm, a few times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
yeah, pretty into that. Yeah, I'm 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 glad that I wasn't wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Good, yeah. Go back in. Good, 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 good. And then they go back into, and then back into that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how they can go back and forth, in, in and out of that, and right. make it still feel good. Um, and yeah, I made a point about the. I said there was a pretty tasty guitar solo with, with big reverb. Yeah. And so I made a note of that on this song. And so I listened to this all the way through as I was making uh, the whole playlist all the way through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, so I made a note on this song, but then it turns out on like three or four of these other songs, there's the same kind of big reverby, cool guitar solo. Yeah. Then I didn't bother talking about it later because I just figured we'd go over it. Right. Well, and what's interesting too is they like <clears throat> Terrence's guitar, pretty sure if I remember from the gear talk or video or whatever that I watched about it uh-huh. or whatever, like, you know, they use lower gauge strings, um, you know, because they tune in C sharp standard, I believe. Okay. And, you know, to have all the nice thick chugginess or whatever. But the gauges for the higher strings are, are closer to being standard gauges. They do the bottom half, the lower gauges. Yeah, I, I think so. Fatter gauges. Um, and then, but he also has like some single coil pick. He has like, like single coil, single coil humbucker, I think is his set up on his right, like a strat would have or something like that something like that so yeah. for leads and shit he flips it over to those single coils which i don't think a lot of death metal or even metal players at all do um, yeah it it depends on the tone you're going for but i think most metal players and probably oh, i don't know about death metal so much but definitely the metal solo tone is the one you want to like cut through which is generally going to be your bridge pickup Okay. And a lot of times it's a humbucker, depending on what you're playing. Gotcha. So, yeah, if you're switching up to a single coil, you're going to get like a rounder, fuller right. tone. Right. And, and he's using so much reverb on this that uh-huh. it kind of makes sense. Well, for- that's another thing that's like crazy about those two, about those dudes too, is that like when they walk out, like to fucking put their like pedal board down, it's like this. Like they have like. It's like two things. Yeah. They have like three or four. They have like a tuner and they have like a reverb and like. <laughs> A fucking Maxon distortion or whatever the fuck it is they have, and then they have their amps. <laughs> like, I guess that makes sense. Like, there's not a lot of tonal variations throughout most of these songs until you get to the solo. Yeah, and then it's a big reverb fest a lot of the time. Yeah, and yeah. it usually sounds really good. So, and it just yeah. it's it's just crazy too. Again, like like these guys are almost just like so committed to existing. Like in a world that doesn't exist anymore, and like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, man. Well, where's your sound come from? Well, from my amp. <laughs> like you know, like they don't, they're oh. not like like in my guitar and my hands and my fucking few pedals and my amp. You know, like there's not, you know, it's it's not the thing where everything is, you know, tone in a box and like the fractals and all that sort of shit and playing to click tracks and everyone's is. On you know it's right. it not just, that that's wrong or it's not about shit being better or whatever that's not what I'm saying yeah it's just part of what these guys are doing is the very like straight ahead sort of what you see is what you get meat and potatoes sort of thing right and, and that's just what they do yep and but they do it really well as I think we discovered you know like again like the, you know fucking so like Pierce from within is no god not a click track near this fucking record. <laughs> And and it is so goddamn good. 
And I, I think that like after like digging into those Machine Head records and and the Pantera records and realizing like how definitive those albums are for me, like of course, of course I am drawn to you know like more drawn to the band that has a little more that's a little more organic mm-hmm. in their delivery, you know. Yeah, that was definitely something I noticed uh, a little bit later. It was very very clear. So so. Uh, the only other note I had on that song, on Thrones of Blood, was at around 439, I think towards the end, yeah. there was like a really cool riff, a particularly cool riff. And some, and I, I put funny drum hits. And I don't really remember what that was now. What? Wait, what, 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 what's Four, your timestamp there? 439. Okay, 439. Oh, man, that's getting towards the end there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's that all. little like kink. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool as shit. <laughs> that's cool. Yep. I think it's because there's some there's certain things that like get left, you know, in the interpretation of the of, that other drummers do of these songs. That one never does. That one's all. That one's always stays. Kink. Nice. That's like um. Oh boy, what am I trying to think of? Uh, it's it's like in uh. uh in loco, where he hits he hits the fucking strings with the pick. Yeah, tuk, yeah. Tuk. Really, that that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you're not gonna play that song and not do that. Yeah, you gotta do it totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, That's all I had for that song. Okay. Yeah, that was that was a good one. So, uh, so I think you were right there. So Pierce from within. Hmm. So, uh, this fucking intro. I said it had a sweet intro rhythm and riffs. Yeah, that is. So, yep. That that intro is <clears throat> is difficult to get your head around. <laughs> I will tell you that. <laughs> so, some, um, some cool stuff going on in there. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, so there's something really cool that. So in that verses, okay, um. Like the drums are like, right? That, but, mm-hmm. um, so what's interesting is the way that duh, you don't really hear that cut through on the album version because, like, because Doug's doing like this drag, like where he's going like da 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 da, and he's just sort of like. Like just sort of slamming the stick down and getting this like, okay, right. But then whenever Mike Smith rejoined the band and he played it, like he, you know, because he's a fucking beast, you know, you know, like he plays it that way, right? Is he playing that? Is that a snare hit you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like hat, right? Snare, right? Okay, that's how they usually do, like open handed, right? So like, yeah, you know. Da, 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 then both hands on the snare. Da, da, da. Okay. I, I, I was picturing you going over to the tom, and I was like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Sorry. Right? But and then the but then the way that Eric does it, um, because he does all them doubles on the on the bass drums, right? He actually doubles that hit with the with the kick drum. So, you know, you get the so every he's also doing it with the bass. Right. So it's like it took me a second to like 
I was like, I was listening to that fucking that live album, you know, the same one that that live cut of Breathing Sprout was on. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheating. So it, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, just these like little performance gestures that just, that just elevate it just a little bit you know i see what you mean i see what you mean and like to me that's the definitive version of pierce from within like you can't play pierce from within without doubling mm. those hits with the bass drum now right to me right so uh god this song is so masterful like just because you have like this crazy unique intro these like really catchy verses as catchy as you can have for death metal with these fucking like cool ass blast beats thrash beat then it repeats. We get a, we get a repeat. We get like actually two verses. Whoa. And then it goes into the six, eight halftime. And like, then you get some more blasts. And then you get like one of my favorite fucking things that happens on the entire fucking record. Uh, let me uh-huh. see. You move on. Hold on. Wait. No, that's not. So, right. So you get like this blast, which is amazing. Right, you know what I'm talking about. I think I made a note about the same thing you're talking about here. So you got this blast. Um, yep. So those stick clicks, man. Yep. <laughs> Click. I put stick clicks Click. in a few different spots. It's very cool. And yeah. that th- they just leave them in there. And it's because like when you the reason you have those is because they didn't record to a click track and they were and the drummer's just fucking going and just well, you need to keep okay, you know? Yep. And it just adds to this It adds some character to it. I like it. Yeah, to this just organic. <sighs> yeah you know undeniable like organic vibe of of those songs and so for sure for sure um uh, the other general note i had was, was like there's all sorts of tasty drumming shit going on there's always something interesting happening yeah yeah all, and, all throughout the song well and th- there's also in, in this song in pierce from within there's something interesting they also it's almost similar to how uh thrones of blood is structured where there's a solo that's done over like the verse motif like they do the verse again towards the end, but it has a solo over it, mm-hmm. um, which is. But it's like it's the whole <laughs> verse section. You know what I mean? It's not just like the one part, and and um, and then they finish <clears throat> with the intro again, a piece of the intro again. So it's just I don't know. It's just it's a cool. It's just a cool way to put a song together. Mm-hmm. Um, we already talked about breeding spawn. Yeah, uh, my initial listen was like. I was digging the the half the the I don't know half time right we'll debate. that just went on for fucking ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. which was why I enjoyed it so much hearing the live version and how he Very changed good. it up. I was yeah. like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, man. Uh, and there was like a really, there's a cool riff in that song somewhere along the line. Uh, and this was one of the songs at about the two thirty mark is what I marked. Mm-hmm. That gives you that really like tumbling down a hill effect where it's like they're just speeding up as they go. Oh sure, it's, and they, it's really neatly done here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like again, like it's just so crazy that you have all of this, all of those things going on on like one record. Because normally, like if you want to hear like. Yeah, you and you want to hear 
and you got three different bands, you know? Sure, sure. Um, but here they all here in like one them one song, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a thing that. So I I speculated. I don't tell me what you think that that this is an album that if we would have heard it, that we would have gotten into it. Maybe maybe not you, uh, because you don't like the death the the death metal vocals. But to me, this feels like an album that if I would have heard it when I was in high school, that it would have become. It would be that it would have it it would have been just as important as it is to me now. It just would have been doing that for longer. Yeah, it would have influenced you. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> to me, it sits really close to you know uh, Emperor's anthems to the Welcome at Dust record. Like I feel like this would have been right there with it in a way. Yeah, um, I wonder. Uh, I think it probably. Like there's there's so much of it that's like done so well, right? That I feel like it probably would have influenced me somehow, especially if you had gotten into it, right? Uh, so well, yeah. and because we were so into doing odd time and doing things weird and making things angular and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Um, it's hard for, exactly for me to ima- it's hard to imagine us not drawing inspiration from this and the way that they do it. So effortlessly or so tastefully yeah because um, like everything feels like like you keep saying like it feels natural it feels yeah. like it, it all flows very well which is what we tried to go for you know yeah. um because like i at that point in time like i was uh listening to dream theater and shit like that but not mm-hmm. for that same reason right or I, I didn't take the same things from that that i yeah. took from other stuff that I was listening to. So, so yeah, breeding spawn there, uh, infecting the crypts. Yep. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about the ones off of effigy, Mm -hmm. not because I don't think those songs are amazing. Uh Um, it's just, I think I just kind of already said it earlier when I was talking about what set them apart. Sure. When in 1991, I I am still floored when I go back and listen to to Effigy of the Forgotten, like of just the whole record. Um, I mean, and, and on all appears from within, but for different reasons. Like there is a a rawness and intensity, but still a um a uh, a coherence, a tightness on on Effigy that just doesn't exist on too many other records. I don't know. That, I've never heard a record that comes close to doing what this record does. So, mm. um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, I didn't have too many notes about these couple of tracks. Uh, I, the mids on the guitars are like off the fucking charts on this yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound great uh-huh. to my ear. Yeah, um, sure. But also, it just kind of sounds like what I expect death metal to sound like. So I can't. <laughs> on the one hand, I don't knock it for that, right? Because like that's kind of what I have come to expect. But uh, it's it's very midi. And then I pointed out, hey, they're like blast beats, but are they suffo blasts? It turns only out su- only suffo blasts. Turns out they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only suffo blasts on this record. 
And then I put it at three thirty seven. They he throws a snare. He he starts doing snare hits. Okay. In addition to what he's doing normally, yeah, I thought that sounded really cool. Three thirty seven of infection. Yeah. God, it's so fucking good. <laughs> All of it. Oh yeah. There. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what that was really cool. Yeah, man. There's there's so many fucking rad things. Like I could just I could just push play and just like so you hear that? You hear this cool thing? And like <laughs> Yeah, it And the the uh, to to me like the lack the poor like like cuz this is the other thing too that's so hard to imagine is that there was like you know there was like one place that you could go to get a a death metal like get a metal record made where they could hear the bucket bass drums you know like this is <laughs> right this this idea of you know and so just <clears throat> to like to to think that that they got through all that or i mean like that you get down there you're you know, you're in a complete, you're on the, you know, they're on the other side of the country. And cause these guys are from New York. They get all the way down to Florida to fucking record this record. And, and they're fucking kids. And this is what fucking comes out of them. <laughs> you know, it's so, uh, it's so amazing. It's so fascinating. And how, how old were they at the time? Like, I, don't, I mean, late, me late teens, like early twenties. I don't know for sure. Cause they look super young. Obviously, lo- but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let's see here. Let's see here. Come on, let's see how old is Terrence. Terrence, look, Terrence Hobbs looks like he's a child. <laughs> yeah. In that. Because they look like maybe high school, maybe right after high school. Yeah, I mean, he's like 21, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And so I think all all of them, most of them went to high school together. So, you know, it's like it's all, they're all about like about 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <clears throat> Fucking A, man. And like, like that they're like artistically – complete like like you know what i mean like that they are they are this unique artistic voice at 20 yeah like a defined complete boom artistic vision that's that is banana fucking sandwiches to me that is so insane and like because the only thing that like these that that like these songs suffer from is like poor recording quality because it didn't exist (laughs) you know um yeah so and i mean and like maybe and i don't, I don't know why because human was recording the same studio i don't know why it sounds better they might have just had more time yeah because that was like death's like fourth or fifth record and this was suffocation's first or so, just like different producer your no it was all the same guy was it really yeah, yeah engineer yeah. and all that uh-huh. stuff mm-hmm. yeah well uh so but that, but, 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 yeah, but like at that point, you know, Chuck had been making records for five years, you know what I mean? So that, that had to be something or four years, but longer, longer. Yes. Longer. Um, so yeah, that it's, it's a really special record with a lot of fucking charm and personality to it. So, Right um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Yeah, the only note I made about the death song was I'm I'm pretty into this. <laughs> so I cool. I bet you would like that record. Yeah, I'll, I bet you would like death as a whole. You know, I may check that out. So, 
Um, it's more it's more dynamic. It's more interesting, like from a guitar standpoint. You know, it's more mm-hmm. it's more guitar player music, um, less intense. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so <clears throat> did you have anything else? I don't think I do. I think I said it all. Okay. Uh, the only other thing I have to say is a bit of a summary after going through all of this. Uh, I think, and sort of after taking it all in and like thinking about what it is about it that I like, what it is about it that I don't like, uh-huh. or what what about it that it just doesn't vibe with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what I realized is probably no surprise to you that I think I'm just too chill for this music. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is what I have come to. Um, like all, so what I said is like all the riffs. The riffs are like demonstrably intense. The rhythmic changes are always interesting. There's always something cool going on. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there are like so many like cool musical little nuggets all throughout the songs and all this stuff. Uh, but I just get tired after thinking about one song. Right. And. I think I it, I just don't want to be that's that just ties into the other thing where it's like there's just no room for it to breathe. Um I just can't for that long that hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> uh, with 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 this music. So, I think that's all it really comes down to is like I'm just too <laughs> I'm just not that intense of a person. <laughs> right, 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 right. It is it is Which should have been obvious to me in the first place. Of course, of course. Which it is like a fascinating thing, you know, to consider what you know like what's go, what I'm going to be really into and and what what is like not they're like I like things that that does, but mm it's almost like similar to it's almost similar to I guess kind of the jazz stuff too because jazz is intense in a different way, you mm. know. Mm. Um, I guess what we've learned is that Richard is Richard likes Richard's intense, <laughs> likes intense things. It's secrets to no one to no one. <laughs> so, yeah, we could have said this in the first episode and yeah. known it. Uh, yeah, end of you know like <laughs> this could have just this didn't this didn't have to be. <laughs> You know, what have we been doing for the hundred, past year? Hundred, hundred, hundred hours or whatever. Like, this could have just been like a, a, a single little book, like a, not even a book, just a paragraph. Richard's intense. He likes intense shit. Robert, not so much. What less so? Less so. Could have been a pamphlet, really. Pamphlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit. Well, cool. Um, but yeah, like I had fun going through this and and thinking about it uh, more closely that I had not really done before. Yeah, um, uh, it was fun to. Just go dig into it. Yeah, and, I, I hope it came out coherent and in some sort of organized way. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I was like, I'm asking a lot of Robert this week. <laughs> so really, really putting him through the ringer. Hope he comes. Hope yeah. He... So uh, yeah, pre- appreciate that. Good stuff, man. 